good. So good. Yours is so much better than mine. <laughs> what do you mean? You're on the toilet, oh, Harry. I, I filmed that. Genuinely uh... forgot I filmed that. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Go Live. I didn't enter didn't intend to just add reverb for gentlemen that sounds sexist <laughs> ladies as well <laughs> just, that's just weird um thank you so much for tuning <laughs> it's all going to go on i'm sorry everyone i promise it's actually going to be a really good show with like you know good points concise well-spoken all the, all the usual things you come to expect and a bit of gas five seconds in and gas has got us cancelled <laughs> oh Ah, well, it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be an incredible show. It's gonna be an incredible show. Honestly, we have had a mad week when we have the debut of two people who have never graced us with their presence, and it's gonna be a spicy show. I swear these two gents couldn't be any more different, though. Fuck. <laughs> Look at how he's so. It's an all-British panel. Right, mate. Wingardium Leviosa. I know that's all you what you Freaking Americans are thinking Harry Potter, crumpets, bad teeth. Here we are for your viewing pleasure. Um, but shout out to everyone in the chat. Thank you so much for waiting. We're going to get into the source. This week has been mad. So I want to go into it. But before we do, usual standard protocol, Asa. Thank you for saving me there. I think you saved me there. Oh, you threw me under the bus. What are the things? But it's fine. It's you. I I did a little bit of both. What I was going for was throwing you under the bus, but in a way that buys you that little bit of time to just realise where you are and what you're doing. Um, <laughs> which is why we work so well together. I could see you needed it. I could see you were splashing around, making a mess. I was like, anyway. Yeah, no, it's good. We got, like you say, two new, two not new people, but but new to the show, first timers. So let's get into it and hear a bit about them. It's going to be great. Yeah, no, actually, we should. This is debut, debut time. We get a little bit of history, a little bit of history. This gentleman, we've uh, bonded, shall we say, over some furor that was going on in the interwebs this week. Uh, a fellow lawyer, but a much more accomplished one in terms of mergers and acquisitions, of which I have no experience. This gentleman knows what he's talking about, unless, unlike some other melts out there. <coughs> um, but it is, it is Florian. No, it is Luke Steele. How are you doing, man? <laughs> Welcome to the Thank Madhouse. You. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah, no, I uh, really appreciate the. Uh... Well, just just having me on it's been uh a mad week really hasn't it mad few days that we we had but we bonded over you know general ptsd in terms of arguments <laughs> so um yeah PTSD we'll talk about it a bit. but uh yeah no it's great to be here and and um i don't think me and me and harry disagree over everything I don't think we're no, that, no. We're that we'll different. See. I think, we'll, I mean, we'll see. I'm just a we'll lot see. louder, I think. Just a lot, <laughs> yeah, just just a lot spicier than I am. Yeah. Uh, so uh, just, yeah. But thank you Harry. again for having me. Oh, yeah. No, thank you for coming on, man. And I'm honestly uh, just grateful for the whole set of circumstances. I've been hearing about your name for a, for a, for a while. Like, hey, hey, you're on Boom Show. You've been on Boom Show a few times. And I, and I was like, you need to listen to Luke Steele. And I was like, well, what's his YouTube channel? And you don't have one, um, do you? So it was like, I, no. I, I don't know where to, to see your works. But hopefully, and, and really did want to get your one here to educate a lot of people, including myself, on this situation. It is quite 
a fluid one we'll, we will get into um, and very complicated as well. So it's not like we're going to speak definitively like some people like to do. Um, but we'll get into that spiciness later. But alas, but certainly not least, ladies and gentlemen, if you do watch this show, if you are, if you are, if you are connoisseurs of the sauce, then you know this man. He has graced us with is incredible incredible cameos world unger world unger indeed it is woolly game no it is <laughs> harry go lucky from gamers watch what's up everyone hey you know we can get a booyakasha for all the shit you've done for us oh man it's great it's genuinely great to be here i've come prepared so i'm not just here on my own um, I've, hang on a sec, I've got a little box of goodies. So, I've got an old skanky sriracha sauce that I found. <laughs> so I've got the spicy sauce, the old spicy sauce. Spicy. And then I've also got, I've got light soy sauce. Oh, my camera. Got light soy sauce and dark soy sauce. So, if I need to just have a little bit of sauce, then we've got the, the Aldi special light, but the dark soy sauce is there. If things do I, get I, I know spicy. I'm outnumbered here, but that... That, that is a purely white man sauces you guys have got. Well, I, <laughs> I need to give you some spicy thing. sauces, man. That to me is like thing. mayonnaise, man. Come I've, on. Got, I've got pre-sourced ketchup. Didn't even know it was a thing. Just a packet of pre-sourced ketchup. <laughs> Why have you got that there with you? It's pre-sourced, pre isn't it? So we can get into some pre-sourced and I've got the tomatoes there to... To go with it. No, it's great to be here. I'm I'm ready to <laughs> piss a lot of people off in the chat, I think. Um, if you know me on Twitter, you'll probably have already blocked me or muted me at least. So <laughs> it's good to be here. Maybe I'll get a few unblocks today. Who knows? <laughs> Harry, it's so accurate. Probably you are probably blocked by a lot of people. Why is he oh, blocked, no ladies and gentlemen? It's because he just doesn't toe the line and he's just relentless. If I I was a bad, like a vocal anti-Halo guy, it wasn't anti-Halo, but in, in my skating criticism, Harry would go on so hard. I was like, Harry, fucking give it a rest. These people you used are to message already me. dead. You used to <laughs> message me and you were like, Harry, you need to stop. Like, <laughs> yeah. Staten isn't listening. No one at 343 is listening to you anymore. Just chill your beans, dude. Um, if I'm saying that and I'm blocked yeah. by 343, how bad is it that what you do? Twitter tells me, I was saying this just before we went live, Twitter tells me I don't think you should tweet that out. And <laughs> I often don't. So the stuff that's on my Twitter is like the tame stuff generally, which I think uh, says a lot about how much of an idiot you. I can be sometimes. <laughs> but it's good to be here. But I'm buzzing. Oh, man, I'm, I'm buzzing already. I can't wait to get into it. It's going to be a crazy one. So this week we've had... Let's get into this. Wait, wait, actually. Actually, hold on. Hold on. We didn't even really... That was much of an intro. We need to know what... Let's go into the gaming side of it. Luke, yeah, you're an M&A lawyer and all of that. Dead by day, but by night, you're a gamer. I can see it in the background. So, well, that's more movie... Uh, uh, paraphernalia there. Yes. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what what kind of games you're into? What have you been playing? Um. Oh, that's a big question. So I play I play everything. Uh, generally speaking, in terms of platforms. So I have a Series X, a PS5, I have a Switch, I have a gaming PC. I'm probably more of a PC gamer than a console gamer. Um, mm -hmm. 
so here is where i would usually play the majority of stuff but the last week um the week before i was on holiday so i didn't have to really chance to play anything but this week um i've been mainly playing tears of the kingdom um which is special game man special special game uh and yeah uh, but but i've also um uh, i'm still like I, i'm so like my backlog was was always massive but it's got even bigger recently so i'm still trying to get through things like resident evil 4 remake Same. for example like dead space remake i'm about like halfway through both of that. those things mm-hmm. um and then what, what came out in between those things oh uh, jedi survivor but i got that on pc and the pc port is is dog shit so <laughs> um i've kind of held off playing much of that um for now so uh but yeah so th- those are the things i'm playing at the minute but mainly tears of the kingdom it's it's the one that keeps i keep thinking about you know and i know what game's good if i keep being like well maybe i should play like an hour of that or or come back to it and you just kind of get lost and also i don't know about you but like when you play that game you do you play it like an hour two hours and you think like what have i actually accomplished in yes. that time <laughs> like, yes. like, like what what have i actually done in the game to progress it like i've done barely anything i've built like a raft and a, and a small <laughs> nimble jet and that's it so uh, but it's great it's really good it is that that game you're so spot on with the time essence of it i'm like this is go- this one's going to take me ages to complete because yeah, long time i'm having fun but you're not actually doing uh yeah. anything we had a very fierce debate last week about what zelda and tears of the kingdom represents which i'm working on a personal video on the channel but that game is beautiful and i really do think people need to um if you're out there don't I'm not saying pirate the game. There's like PC mods if you buy the game on Switch that I think you're entitled to try it out on PC with the PC mods, perhaps. Uh, I'm not going to speak on the legality of that, but um, it's such a beautiful game. Um, well, Nintendo maybe not lawyers in terms of... right now are writing up litigation. <laughs> by the way, guys, just to let you yeah. know. I'm like, fine, let's go. Let's go. Um, we are we used to it. Um, well, not really. We don't get sued. Um, but you, Harry, what have you been playing? Don't you dare say Halo Infinite. I will no, shit on your head. Absolutely not. So I set myself a challenge at the start of the year that I wanted to play and complete one game every week. Um, so I've not been able to get into any like no. big, massive games. So this week I played Hive Busters that I'd never played before. Completed that last Sunday. Um, after 12 years, I finally completed Trials Evolution. I asked my favorite <laughs> game of all time, and I've finally gone through and gold gold medaled all of it. Uh, what else wow. have I played? Oh, Titanfall 2 campaign. I just finished off last night, and it is honestly the best FPS campaign I think I've ever played. Absolutely is, is that incredible. the first time this week you completed it? Yeah, I'd never played it before. I played, oh, the, yeah. I played the online multiplayer, but I'd never played the campaign. Um, and I played it in literally one sitting, and <laughs> it was incredible and i i just want to it go is. through it again and again and again it is the, like quintessentially the best fps game i've ever played and it, it breaks me that we won't get a titanfall 3 i we we never will we might and, do we might do i don't know if I apex stops do. making money maybe but <laughs> it was yeah. so good so yeah i'm on titanfall 2 was game number 35 that i've completed this year but yeah. the thing to remember is a lot of them are smaller games because I'm doing one a week. Um, and it's yeah. funny, last week you were talking about Somerville and the, the dev of that saying Game Pass isn't great. Maybe if he made better games, Ooh. maybe it would be... Because that was the first game I completed oh. this year. Absolutely hated that game. 
Uh, oh really? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It, it just did nothing for me, uh, and I love games like that. Like Limbo is one of my all-time favorite games. And Inside I saw was the comments. Mine. Yeah. Yeah, and I saw the comments that this guy was making, and it just it irked me a bit. That what kind of comments? Uh, what are you talking about? Well, about the Defensive fact that he didn't think the Game Pass model was. Um, oh, was that, that was comments. He wants oh, people yeah. to sort of like, you know, I'll show you one video and three screenshots, and then buy my game for thirty bucks. <laughs> I don't know. That just irked mm. me a bit. But yeah, Fair I'm enough. on game 35. I've got a few lined up for the next couple of weeks. I'm ahead of myself a bit, but Titanfall 2 was just... Oh, God, it was good. So I might good. just go back again. I, I, I went back like a few months it. ago, but it's, it's playing right now. It's so beautiful. Respawn, come on, man. <laughs> There's so much scope with this. this. This was beautiful. The funny thing is, a lot of people uh, gave uh, Respawn so much flack for not having a single-player campaign. I was actually defending uh, Respawn. I was like, if they don't want to do it, stop forcing them to do a single-player uh, element of it. And boy, was I wrong. Well, whether or not they were forced or they, they must have had some appetite and vision to deliver something. Well, a, a single-player campaign component that is considered by many as the one of the best if not the best single-player FPS campaigns. I wouldn't say the best, because I've Halo 1 and then Half-Life 1 or 2, then re this one. Um, but Titanfall, it's Titanfall 2, for me, is the best, purely because it has so many different styles of gameplay that merge mm. so well together that it just it ticked every single box. Like There are some instances, because I went back to the Master Chief collection a while ago, where there were some levels within, you know, CE that it just didn't work, and but like every single level of Titanfall Two gets better and better and better until that. Yeah, that's very true. That's very true. Things. Like there isn't yeah. a bad mission. The only problem that I had with it is it was just far too short. It could have been twice as long, and I would that's have. The short one actually much. makes this ship sweeter. I think. The yeah. Was, yeah. I it just, just I wanted more. Yeah, I did, and that's what a game should leave you wanting to feel without well, short, you know, um, really prematurely cutting off the experience. And I think Titanfall did do that. Halo, you're right though. With Halo, see, you had the infamous library level that wasn't that great, which I hated. I think universally hated by most. Uh, but yeah, no, okay, good games. Uh, I'm with you there, Luke. I have the Resident Evil Four. I've got Zelda, and I've got freaking. How, what Hogwarts Legacy, and I've also got um, a Jedi Survivor to complete. It's just, and then they want us to make content. Ha! Huh, yeah, and then do our day jobs. Brilliant. Yeah, but we are we are grateful for 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 the privilege and having such a uh, you know uh, lovely community and audience. Shout out to three hundred thirty people already watching. Smash that like button, Acer. What have you been playing? I've been watching you play, so I kind of know, but tell the people. I don't know. What have I been playing? You tell me. I've forgotten. Uh, I actually just forgot. You streamed nah, it this it morning. What were you playing? <laughs> it was a, I know. I know. It was. What were you playing? The, that game that Harry was just talking about. I forgot the name. That failed. Somerville. Indie Today I played Somerville for Somerville. like the entirety of it from start to finish. There's a few people in chat that were there watching and they, they trolled me royally because there's a part quite near the start of the game where there's an opportunity to sit on a bench looking over a landscape. And I went over to this bench like I'm going to sit on this bench and get some exposition. But the bench was like positioned right beside a dog shit bin. 
And I was like, no, <laughs> who, who would, who in their right mind would sit on a bench that close to a dog shit bin? So I moved on to the next <laughs> yeah. scene and they spent the rest of the game telling me that I'd missed like critical exposition and the story was not going to make sense. And I bought it entirely until the closing credits that I'd just ruined the whole game for myself by not sitting on that bench. So <laughs> I found out they were just making it all up. So that was probably more fun than the game itself. But uh, yeah, I've been playing that. I've Did played, you have um, the same problem as me, Acer, where it went from controlling really well so some of the levels, like the controls were so tight and so fluid to then immediately cutting to some of the worst feeling controls of all time. Like I stuck in didn't treacle. quite have that issue because it always felt pretty rotten to me. Like mechanically, it's just it was never yeah. sharp. It was never snappy. None of the interactions felt particularly good on a controller. And to be fair, that's not like it's not primarily what it's going for, but it does pull you out when you're like, I need to move this cart. I can't freaking move the cart because the controls aren't doing what they're supposed to. It does, like, yeah, that does diminish the experience some. Um, I've been playing a bit of Asgard's Wrath on the, the VR treadmill, running round through. A different take on Norse mythology, which is really, really interesting when you do, like, comparison to, to God of War because everyone knows God of War 2018 and the Norse setting that it's got in there. Asgard's Wrath was uh, relatively big in the VR space, like, AAA as VR goes game set in Norse mythology that came out at a similar point in time to God of War um, when they started going the Norse mythology route. So you got these completely different takes on the same characters, as well as being a very good game itself. It's just like, it's quite cool to side by side the two of them. And I've been playing something else, Warcraft 3. I've gone back in time. So I run around in the future on Asgard's Wrath and then I go back and play some Warcraft 3 just to try and remember how I used to play games a long, oh. long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> wow wow well, okay going really good back. I, I, I want to try Asgard's Wrath as well I've heard great things about it pretty crazy game in terms of concept but oh, okay fair enough fair enough uh, I've just been playing Zelda Breath of the Wild and a bit of Forza uh, not that much uh, it's been a mad week at work I've been playing the Switch actually I've spent hours playing the Switch on the way to work I'm one of those weird guys in my suit on the tube and on the way back, I felt a bit of shame for like three seconds and I was stuck in the world. And it made the journeys so short, honestly. Like the ADHD helps, but just like, oh shit, <laughs> I'm here. And it's just like, oh, I didn't want to wanna go. Um, and even during lunch, I was playing and people coming around. I was just like, fuck, just leave me alone. Yes, I'm playing a video game. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, it's um, Zelda. Zelda I know you're not a fan, Asa, of like playing, you know, mobile and handheld. But to me, it was just, it's just—it's so cool to play this game, you know, out and about, and kind of fits into the lifestyle. Like this week of working, um, traveling, and playing. It's—it's it's, it it's not that I'm not a fan of that. Ill. I totally get that. Like, um, if you have those circumstances where it makes sense to play on a portable device, then have at it. It makes all the sense in the world. It's just that I don't personally sit on a train and look at a device without getting sick, and I don't personally. Like yeah. play games outside of my house so it's not that i don't get it or think that they're like have no value for people totally do understand if that suits your lifestyle have at it for me yeah big screen or vr and i'm good <laughs> yeah enough fair enough you can so you can throw up in vr that's brilliant mm. that doesn't make you ill but it does you weird weird guy well asa you know what just as you're before you start flagging i will take get the the topic that you despise mm -hmm. out of the way first <laughs> it has been pretty mad mad we are we were talking about it we said if this didn't happen 
the deal would die. But here, lo and behold, the drama continues. And here we are. The EC Commission has approved Microsoft's ABK acquisition. And lo and behold, it well, social media was fun. It was fun. A lot of people were so bold that they they were like, can't wait for it to be blocked tomorrow. Can't wait for it to be blocked today. And, you know, a lot of people were of the view that it was inevitable after the CMA's uh, determination. But the commission did side with Microsoft. However, the commission also did determine that the deal could potentially harm cloud gaming services. However, what EC, the EC did was manage to fashion a win of sorts by forcing Microsoft, well, not forcing, well, can, can, I think you can say forcing Microsoft to a certain degree by uh, adding a condition. And well, the condition or whatever Microsoft has agreed to is to now offer all consumers in, in, in the Europe in the European, I think that's it's in Europe. Um, well, is that's the only jurisdiction they have, not over the world. But to give a free license to stream all current and future Activision Blizzard PC and console games, for which they have a license. So my understanding is, if you buy COD, you can. I don't know how that would work technically, but you can stream through the cl various cloud services, and also offering a free cloud uh, cloud license to cloud streaming services. I think all cloud streaming services, so they can almost, I don't know, I don't, that part of it I need to figure out, but I'm pretty sure it's quite broad to to stream any of these Activision Blizzard PC and console games. And it doesn't, isn't just limited to Call of Duty. That means pretty much, I, if my understanding is most or a lot or all of the ABK games, gents can, one of you, do you yes. know? Yes, yeah, more than that. So it's it's a lot like um, the the deals that that Microsoft were already striking with people like GeForce Now and Boosteroid and companies like that. So the ones that their service is essentially a gaming PC in the cloud, but it lets you play either free to play games or games that you own through one of the supported stores. And at the moment, in Microsoft's case, that supported store is Steam. So you can't get these games on Game Pass and play them through GeForce Now and all the rest of it. This might change in future, but you can get them on Steam. Like many other publishers' libraries, if you buy a game on Steam and you subscribe to one of these services, then you can stream the game via the cloud. So it's it's the deal that Microsoft were already offering. Um, the whole situation around cloud, like I hate everything about talking about the deal. It's boring as shit to me, but it's really, really interesting that they, the, the fine line with the CMA that made it hard to predict, as we said, for a long time that cloud gaming is the big question like if it's competitive there and how you protect a nascent market whether there is a risk of suffocating that market if you block it and essentially the only difference between european commission's verdict and the cma's verdict is how they feel about that particular question so it's like knife edge between them the only thing that i will say the european commission there's one minor detail in all the quotes that they say around cloud that makes me question them a little bit and like you say we haven't actually seen the specifics of of the concessions and the remedies and all the rest of it but i've seen more than once from various people at the commission that as a result of the concessions from microsoft you're going to be able to play these games across different platforms and operating systems and that operating systems one is quite key because it's quite a muddy conversation but if you're playing call of duty on your nice like linux operating system at home and it's running on windows in the cloud this is a key differentiation between the way the cma and the European Commission are 
interpreting what these concessions actually are and how significant Windows is in the whole thing. But generally, like the broader point is what I said a moment ago about whether you can stomp out a nascent market or whether you should be doing everything you can to, to let it flourish. Does that get us where we mm. are? Good. It, it does. So, um, thanks for explaining it that way and the differences in mentality. And the CMA, oh, sorry, the EC doesn't feel like it's snuffing out uh, competition as a result of this concession. Uh, but it's they, still they said a nascent the opposite. market. They specifically addressed that, though. They said it is a nascent market, but we believe that by supporting this, like this is the way that that market can grow. So they mm. recognize that, that they need to be careful around the competitive side of it, but they think that through this, and it's hard to argue against them because this is why it was on knife edge in the first place, but they're saying that with Microsoft investing in this, getting all this content and really pushing forwards cloud, this could become a viable market a lot sooner and you could potentially be, being, be bringing games to people that otherwise wouldn't necessarily have access to them and that makes it worthwhile to, to let it through and push it and support it. Mm. Yeah. What's your take on that, Luke? Do you agree with that rationale? It's a value judgment. Um, <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I tend to steer clear of those, but um, I think um, I think the rationale is is fine. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't think it's a disagreeable rationale. I don't think it's so abhorrently wrong that you could be like, well, that's just ridiculous, isn't it? Mm -hmm. um, I think you know the EC basically said, look, th we do have we do think there are competition concerns here about this deal in respect to the distribution of PC and console games on cloud game streaming services, but that they're effectively allayed by the remedy that Microsoft have offered us. Um, that's that's a, a regulatory judgment. So as far mm. as I'm concerned, that's for them, that's right. Absolutely fine. Um but uh, yeah, I think it would be interesting, as, as has been said, as Asa said, we, we don't have any of the decision text from the EC or anything like that. So we can't see exactly what the convincing nature, obviously, with the CMA, you can go and read a, a 400 plus page report about exactly, you know, how they arrived at their conclusions. So here all we have are these press releases, but it's going to be really interesting when they come out and... Um, I'll probably read them because I'm a bit sad like that. But there we the go. The CMA stuff, I... though, doesn't matter because Rishi's just going to push it through. And me, <laughs> just, yeah, we were talking to Rishi literally before we started. We just had Rishi on the phone. Yeah. And we were like, hey, Rishi, we want to play. I want Diablo on, on Game Pass. And Rishi was like, don't worry, mate. He's, uh, he's going to go and. He's going to go and dropkick Sarah Cardell at some point and then just <laughs> pop himself as the head of the CMA for 15 <laughs> minutes, push it through, and then he'll... he'll oh, that's right. the economy. Oh, one 15-minute phone call, and then we've got Diablo 4, baby. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Let's go. Just in time. Just in time as well. Oh, God. Yeah, we... Well, we'll touch up on the uh, ability of the executive to do exactly that and subvert uh, all independent regulation laws and just parliamentary really procedures. Luke, well. I just want to really get a follow-up from Luke because you said there that the, the European Commission's line of thinking is like you couldn't consider it abhorrent or unreasonable. Would you say the same with the CMA stance? you think they're both reasonable positions or is one of them loony? Uh, I don't think either of them are reasonable. Uh, uh, unreasonable, sorry. Um, I don't. Um, I don't necessarily agree with the CMA's decision, but having read the report, I understand the rationale. I understand how you would arrive at that conclusion. Is the political mm -hmm. way of saying it. So, Luke, for you, would you say that the information they've got 
as they're viewing it is correct, but the information that they have isn't what it should be. So like the way that they're looking at the information regarding this deal, yeah. they are obviously going to come to a decision where, yes, we should block this, but actually the information itself might not be correct. And that's how they've got to that decision. Um, For the CMA, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. For the CMA. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I th if I understand what you mean, I think you mean, are they, are they perhaps looking at information in such a way that the, the, their interpretation of the information could yeah. be wrong, yeah, such yeah, that yeah. they arrive at a, a conclude the conclusion that they have. Yeah. I think that uh, we'll probably touch on that, but I think that it, it's arguable because, for, I mean, first of all, like notwithstanding anything, the CMA had, and probably the commission had, like three million documents. You know, millions upon millions of documents, like information that we can't even comprehend. That is, is will never be available to us, including internal party correspondence, emails, mm. you know, telephone logs, etc. All of that stuff, any of the forecasting stuff that these companies do, any of the strategic analysis, consulting, anything around that. So um, we don't see any of that. So I always think it's really difficult to say whether the information that a regulator's interpreted is, is, has been interpreted in an incorrect way because we don't see anything. We don't know what that information is. Uh, broadly we know some of it but we don't we don't yeah. know um so i think it's i think it's a bit difficult to say that and i think it's especially difficult to argue that um because the fact is not just the cma but any competition regulator they have an incredibly broad discretion in how they interpret um the you know the information that they're given and and you can have kind of wildly divergent outcomes from different regulators as you have here right um funnily enough I, I don't think you have that much divergence between the three primary regulators here because they all think there are competition concerns in cloud streaming it's yeah. just that two of them uh two of them being the ftc and the cma say we don't think there's any remedy other than prohibition uh in yeah. this case i mean not with the ftc because it works slightly differently but you know, we don't think that our competition concerns are allayed by anything other than that. Whereas the EC go, actually, you know what? We think it's fine. Um, which one you agree with depends on, I think, your view of of this acquisition in general and how much you want it to go through. But I'm, again, no value judgments. Uh, <laughs> unless you get paid. Um... Unless you get paid, yeah. Oh, yeah, then I'd... So, yeah. I'd so that feel like that Prospectens can do it because he gets paid. But, oh, he's not unpaid <laughs> consultant, isn't he? Oh, shit. Ah, Oh, Foss. Um, but uh, I just want to sort of touch upon a couple of things you mentioned there. Uh, first of all, the CMA did actually reiterate the fact that the UK, US and European competition authorities are unanimous that the merger could potentially harm uh, competition in cloud gaming. So there's that similarity between them. In terms of your point, Harry, I think that's a good question that you asked because a lot of people, we don't have that information to hand. But there's this notion whether right or wrong i don't know i don't know uh it is that how have they quantified the 60 to 70 percent you know foothold in the cloud gaming market um that microsoft's supposed to have control over so this is being held as one of those points where on procedural grounds and we'll touch up quickly upon the cat's uh, ability and jurisdiction to overturn things um but because everyone's this, looking for that smoking gun, aren't they? Everyone on yeah. Twitter is like, this is the thing that they've done wrong. Look, yeah. look what the CMA did. They they interpreted Game Pass subscriptions incorrectly as cloud subscriptions. 
but yeah. that's not how that's not how litigation works. It's not it's not like a TV show where you go in and you go, look, aha, you got this one thing wrong. Yeah, that process. Yeah, it's not an episode of Judge Judy. Like this is a huge. <laughs> this is the biggest merger in console gaming. Well, in gaming history, and like mm-hmm. there isn't going to be a smoking gun where it's like, well, that one thing that reverses, like you say, the four hundred pages of other information that we've got. And it's interesting that you say, like, Ace, are you going to roll your eyes when I say it's interesting? Um, Like, it's interesting that you say that the CMA, the FTC, and the EU Commission have all said there could be harm for the cloud network. But obviously, the EU, they've enacted a remedy that includes the UK anyway, because their remedy is a worldwide remedy. So you've got two things that for me they seem completely contradictory like i'm with you acer this has been going on for so long i just want like a yes or a no it's going to happen or it's not and realistically it's not going to affect me massively because it's obvious that this is much to do about cloud gaming less to do about console gaming you definitely can't complete diablo 4 in your one week window can you (laughs) no that's the problem my backlog for next year is insane at the moment i've got about nine thousand hours worth of games that i've got to play um but realistically it looks as if like you say the eu and the cma have come to different opinions of how to interpret lots of litigation and one person on twitter isn't going to change the mind of the CMA. Like, that's not <laughs> going to happen. There's not going to be one tweet by someone who goes, well, actually, uh, 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 uh. and then <laughs> Rishi turns around and says, let's let's put it through. Like, that's, like you say, there's so much litigation that they have to go through. This is, unfortunately for you, Asa, this is just the start. This is just the beginning, Asa. You're right, yeah. because this is actually increased. The, if, the, I, if the EC Commission didn't, uh, vote in favor. I do think the deal would have collapsed. I just don't think Microsoft would have had the appetite. Now they do, and the tone has changed tonally. The internal emails, the interview with Sassan Adela, and I think it was CNBC. Um, uh, it, you, the, you, there was a lot to read through there. I've got a video. I was supposed to release it out, but I had to sing a little medley as I do my videos. So it's coming tomorrow, hopefully, um, uh, about this. And I also wanted to perhaps clip some bits here because, uh, Luke, I needed you to kind of um, give us some information about what what can happen. But this has bolstered Microsoft's position now. And this week we had China. China. China came out and also approved it, no conditions. I think it would have been absolutely ludicrous for China to actually impose itself, uh, considering the fact that it gets to have its cake and eat it. It's been wandering around in this jurisdiction or the Western jurisdiction gobbling up studios. And then it prevents anyone from even dare to step in, step in into China and do that. You can't do that. Uh, as so far as I'm been... aware, ABK games can't even be sold in China. Is that right? Like there's a complete block that China have. Yeah, yeah. Where yeah. Games. they used Netties for a while, didn't they? And yeah. Who knows where it is oh, now. Yeah, yeah. yeah, China. But China has done it. Like they've approved it. So... There's this meme going around, which is quite, I mean, let's be real. Most of the world has now approved it, apart from it's just the UK and the US. One of the two of the three big ones, let's be real, as far as um, approval is required. But the pressure now, Microsoft's, I think the FTC has no teeth um, compared to the CMA. I think the UK regulatory body has, like, 
I can't. This may sound biased, and it's all British panel. I'm going to get it from some Americans in the neck. But uh, I mean, the FTC's posturing has been almost just like a drama. Like, if you like Judge Judy versus the CMA, had considerable. Like, we've had Sarah Caldell come in and have uh, come on screen on TV and Parliament, and she's they they fielded questions. And to be fair to them. I think they answered that really well, and they seem like they've did they've done their due diligence. And on this cloud thing that I completely neglected, Asa didn't. I read those uh, arguments. I said, fine, you know, it's it's very speculative by its nature. But the CMA did a job of explaining to me what they were doing. With the FTC, I don't see anything, anything. And the FTC's track record with Lena Khan heading it has been horrendous. Internal strife. It's been a whole shit show in there. So mm. to me, to me, I think the FTC, which has already announced that we don't care if we lose our cases, it's like, what the fuck is this? This is like a complete shit show compared to the CMA. At least they are maintaining some kind of uh, And without, without getting overtly political, obviously the B word that everyone in Britain is sick of hearing Brexit happened. And one of the key benefits of Brexit was that we wanted this kind like I didn't, but people that <laughs> were high up wanted this country to be like a tech hub for Europe. Mm. And so the CMA, they've actively dissuaded this massive transaction. And that sort of flies directly in the face of exactly what the, the government have been saying for the last seven years of, we want big tech to come here we want yeah. them to invest in our country. We want yeah. London to, to hold the monopoly of tech within Europe. And tech firms are going to Lisbon. That's a huge place at the moment that people are flooding to. Um, a lot of money out of London is now going to Dubai. Like a lot of big money is going out of the country that way. And so the CMA's decision, some people would say, oh, well, it's going to be reversed because people higher up want the UK to be this like tech like glory land where everything is shiny and everything's perfect. But realistically, the CMA knew going into this that there are promises about the UK's future within the tech circle. And so for them to still go with the decision of, we don't think this should go ahead. I don't think that that's been made lightly. And mm. for me, that bolsters, for me, that bolsters the fact that this probably isn't going to get reversed in the UK. And it may be that, cloud gaming is just cut out of the Xbox model within the UK. That could be what the concession. Yeah. That could be it. Because the big Brexit thing with tech companies is come here and give us your money. So for the CMA to do this, like they have to know that this is not a reversible course they can go down unless something very serious happens from upstairs. That must I... have been hanging over their heads. See... Yes and no, in my opinion, I'm guessing here. Uh, you touched upon two things, um, which I, I would like to get your thoughts on, Luke. Uh, one is the question of this kind of extra external pressure from the executive, the political posturing. It's been clear Rishi Sunak has come out and said that he's going to steer or help. They're going to introduce regulations and guidelines um, to stop regulating. I think, well, paraphrasing here, but they said that they're going to be the last resort regulators that is in terms of of getting involved in in that kind of stuff that he did say there was they were going to be a last resort now how does that even if it if at all impact the cma also i and also my i'll put forward luke i think and 
so, you know, Sarah was uh, being uh, chair well, Parliament were not grilling her, but you know, there was questioning going on there. There, were, she specifically mentioned the point about um, uh, being aware uh, of the economy and trying to enhance it, and not do. She, the, the, basically, they were aware of the considerations there. That what Harry is suggesting that they would have made that that decision fully aware that they need to work in the favor of the country's interests. However, mm. I just don't, I, it's, I can't do that. This would send a signal to all big business, especially in the tech, because we all know Rishi and co and parliament and generally the, not forget the non-gamers, but people who are here in the UK worried about economy would be watching this. They don't want what the CMA have, have, have decided. I would like to, I'd like to think. Um, mm. So what, what can external pressure do? How could you foresee, if you can foresee anything, this fluid, complicated, very tenuous situation that could impact the growth of this country? Are you saying this fixed legal process cannot be derogated from, and that's it, Microsoft potentially fucked? How, or do you see an angle? Um, I, I think if there is an angle, I don't, I don't see it. Um, mm. you can't look like the, the, this, this regulatory process is, as said before, is, is a legal process. It's enshrined in law. Um, mm. if you are subject to the jurisdiction of the CMA because of your merger, then that is the process. And there are levers in the acts that regulates merger control in the UK, um, to try and it, at points, um, have some sort of executive intervention but they're they're extremely narrow there's a and i'm sure people have seen these but there's a there's a public interest intervention um mm -hmm. thing uh that you can do that the business secretary can effectively do um but you can only do that at certain points um in the process um it's basically before phase one or just after phase one if you want to take it to phase two the business secretary can intervene on a public interest ground and there are things like national security stability of the uk financial system um public health emergency that was one that was introduced for covid for example um but we're, we're past the time for that so as yeah. far as the the you know that that process it, it doesn't apply it's not applicable anymore um you do have a, you know, the business secretary does appoint the heads of the CMA and the CMA board and then the board appoint, you know, kind of everybody beneath them and stuff. But it's not really, the, the whole point of the CMA is it's a non-ministerial government department. So it's it acts in the same way in, in law in terms of how the entity is constructed. Uh, as something like Ofgem or Ofcom, right? These mm. are re independent regulators that are kind of, apart from very limited intervention, act in independently from government. They're effectively an independent entity from government. Of course, there's a little bit of a dichotomy with that because obviously, you know, business secretary can appoint the head of the... Uh, the CMA and the board, etc. But apart from that, they can't intervene on a day-to-day -day basis in respect of a merger, apart from the one example I've just given you about special uh, public interest mergers. So the the pressure, I think, I think the the pressure um, isn't to me the way I interpret it is. I think people look at certain things and they go, "Oh, that's pressure." on the CMA because of what they've done here, and that's pressure on the CMA because of what they've done here. But if you look at things like the strategic steer that, you mm -hmm. know, that Sunak recently gave, 
It's yeah. been around since 2015. Every every gov, parliament, every government introduces one of those for the CMA to try and align the the very broad policy of whatever the reigning government is at the time with the objectives of the CMA. And if you go and read the steer, it's so holistic, like it's so broad in what it's talking about. It's not specific at all. And mm -hmm. one of the common steers, which is, I think it's like 0.6, it's in every one, it's, it reiterates how independent the CMA are. So like when that came out, I didn't take that as any pressure at all. It just came out and it came out, that came out and the grilling in Parliament came out because of a wider mm -hmm. context of what's going on at the minute in the UK, which is that a bill is passing through Parliament that will give the CMA greater enforcement powers called the Digital mm -hmm. Markets Bill. So um, where people see pressure, like, I mean, there is some indirect pressure with things like what Jeremy Hunt said, for example, or when people specifically talk about this. But yeah. there's a difference between kind of, um, you know, general uh, looking at the CMA, looking at its function in, in this government, how it should operate, and then actually being able to do something about that, directly do something about that in respect of this merger. That's where the divergence is. And that's where people, I think, um, kind of get a bit excited, but there's nothing really, really to be excited about. So um, at least in, in my view. So Beyond just the steer, though, Rishi Sunak did say that he wanted... So what he, his suggestion to me sounded like a very different, uh, much significantly reduced involvement that he would like the regulators to have. He said that they would almost want them to be like a last last resort to stop blocking them. Now, if what those measures are, I don't know. I don't think think they've been suggested. Uh, just a, a off comment. But yeah. if they are any regulations or we are facing, imagine the UK economy is not, well, we're a pretty bad state compared to all the G7 countries. We're desperate to get foreign direct investment. We, we really want to get uh, enhance that. These guidelines, if they did suggest, uh, what could, could that even impact? Say they introduced new guidelines, could they even impact a case that's already being running through the motions i can't I, i've never come across that uh, well uh, uh, yeah i mean i don't know i haven't seen this this particular quote from rishi so um yeah i have to actually. Have, have to have a look at it but i mean the uh, it, by the guidelines do you mean the steer the, uh, the actual document or just something rishi said something rishi said i'll okay, i'll find it, it for you as well i'll find i'll read it out um i think i found it actually um, but uh, well, but yeah. Uh, whilst I read that out, um, just a couple of super chats. Space Dovikin um, and gents, if you want to touch on this, with the five dollar super chat. Thank you, man. He goes, Gaz. One important fact: the CMA is not really untouchable. They just have an untouchable record. I don't think they have an untouchable record at all. They've actually been, yeah. other than merger cases, where they've had a pretty, uh, pretty solid. I guess they're nothing. No U-turns that you've had the. Uh, compare the market case where I thought the yeah. cat strongly rebuked them. They said they're fundamentally flawed in their assessment of not you know, competition concerns, were they not? Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, they, they, look, I mean, the, the CMA aren't, aren't some kind of uh, regulator beyond reproach. You know, they're not, yeah. they're not infallible. 
and yeah. Cat have, have uh, had cases where they've said, you know, you you were wrong. Um, the difficulty, I guess, is that the the way that Cat conduct their reviews in terms of merger cases um, is on a different standard to what it is under the the Competition Act, which regulates a kind of separate competition thing in the UK. Doesn't mm-hmm. regulate mergers, um, and and in that Act, the Competition Act, that's where the um, CMA have had their kind of heaviest losses over things like fines they've imposed and stuff like that. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, so they, they are not infallible. It's just that in a merger case, the, the legal standing and the ability of CAT to intervene is such a high threshold and on a review basis that is itself extremely high in terms of threshold that it's very difficult for CAT to do something that basically says, right, you got this merger completely wrong. Um, yeah. Either go and do it again or, uh, you know, here's an order telling you to to do X. Um, that's not how it, how it works. Um, we can talk about that yeah. in a bit as well. Sure. Um, I think we will actually next. But this is the quote that uh, Rishi Sunak suggested, which is, I mean, these are his words. So let me let me read them out. He says, we will reform the better regulation framework so that regulation is the last, not the first response of the government. This is game changing in the way we approach British business. Now, um, as it ensures that regulation at the heart of government decisions is streamlined and forward looking. That that word British business actually makes me think, well, I don't know if that's maybe just honing into it too much. Better regulation framework as well. Um, That's defined. When did he say this quote, Gaz? When was it that he Uh, said this? Just a week ago. This is the same time he made the steer comment. Yeah, so part of the pressure that he is under, and again, this is a gaming podcast, not a politics podcast, is that there is pressure about red tape having been increased since Brexit. And so he is... <clears throat> he's under pressure to say, uh, we don't want regulation. We don't want it. I did that Twitter video where I shredded all the EU laws. Don't worry, guys. Like, <laughs> we will we will make it very easy. Um, that is just completely political gaming. Like, he, ha- he has to say that. Yeah. Because, obviously, he's come off the back of a huge loss in the council elections, and people are then sort of, like, on his back about his record within well, Brexit. I so, without I think it's a bit of posturing. Though. Because if the UK economy is going down the shitter, you have to do something. I mean, look, forget gaming biases and all that stuff. You blocking Microsoft and his biggest endeavor is a warning shot to every other big tech business that wants to do business. That'd be scary for anyone like want to get into it. What would you do? Like at a certain point, you have to think that there has to be something to, to maintain this thing that's interesting there though guys because you just said two like completely contrary points of view you said that's scary for people that want to get into it and that's not big business is it so on the one hand like this is well beyond yeah but big anything that i look into right. but in terms of like overall impact on our economy and all the rest of it like microsoft are saying very threatening things but the CMA's stance is to try and protect people that want to get into it. And that's the whole point of their verdict is to keep competition That's what they said to Parliament as well. Yeah. That's and- what Sarah uh, Cardell's uh, co- colleague said. Like, you know, businesses would look to a country that does regulate well as an inducement to do business. But I think you can't ignore the big players in this that will actually create jobs immediately and generate and foster that environment. I, th- I think just to add to that, because I completely agree with, with Ace's point as well, but I think 
the 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 comments by Microsoft around that about being the you know the UK being closed for business. I'm not I'm not quite sure. Um, I I look. I mean, I totally get why they said it. I completely understand the sentiment. I would have told them to say that. Yeah, I would <laughs> absolutely. I'd be like, yeah, f- fill your boots, do 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 that, um, because it's 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 some external form of pressure. And if you get that message across in you know a, a disseminated amongst people, who knows might influence cat when they think about it. Not that it should, but it might. Um, but I think if you look at the, like to me like working in M&A and having been involved in like um tech startup private equity all that sort of stuff that you know ignore big tech for a moment because that's really important to the UK economy but um the tech sector is absolutely gigantic and yeah. it, big tech is a small very small proportion of that right mm. so um if you look at the things that companies you know tech companies are interested in when they're thinking about what jurisdiction i should you know we should do business in the things that they're concerned about are stuff like what's the labor market like you know who can we hire how how skilled is the workforce for what we do what's Mm. what's tax like you know what's corporation tax like is it beneficial to us what government subsidies might we get are there incentives for us setting up in this jurisdiction how flexible is is company's law how easy is it to list those are the things they look at what they don't look at is oh what's the competition regulator like here because we're really planning to make some massive mergers Mm. or acquisitions in the near future so um I think people, I get Microsoft sentiment, but I think people need to be very careful about taking that and parroting it as if it's fact, because mm. Microsoft will say and do many things in the course of, of this thing. I'm not saying they're inherently untrustworthy, but I'm saying they, they have, like any entity in this process, they have an agenda. Um, so, uh, you know, those are the things that companies look at. And actually, if you look at the work of the CMA, if you think about in any given year, let's just take the tech sector as an example, um, there are thousands upon thousands of mergers and or acquisitions in that sector, right? From small startups to big tech. The proportion yeah. of those that are even notifiable to the CMA, that even fall under the jurisdiction of the CMA is, is like that. And then yeah. the proportion of them that are actually reviewed and involve a blocking or some kind of similar structural divesture or something like that is tiny. You're talking mm. about single digits over the last few years, so I just I, I I take that with that kind of sentiment with a, a bit of a grain of salt, to be honest. I mean, it's fair to disagree, okay. but yeah, that's that's my view on it. I can't conceptualize what the remedy would be, so I I completely understand. I'm like, to me, it's an unavoidable thing because of the scale of it and tech. But when that you've explained, and one of the things is that, uh, and that's why you are here, the considerations of companies that do actually want to do business may not be what we think they are and you highlighted really yeah. well the myriad they all of different definitely factors. want call of duty on game pass and we know it that's the decided but like i said they're all they're all thinking about how to spend that 69 billion dollars in cash that they all apparently have uh, for a massive merger um yeah, I just, I just, I don't think there's, I, I don't think there's nothing to Microsoft's statement because I think it does send a message to big tech. But yeah. even then, it only sends a, big, a message to big tech in respect of acquisitions that they're making. Yeah, if even you then, if you want to do a seventy billion dollar yeah, acquisition, <laughs> then maybe don't don't do it this way. Yeah, and how many, yeah, like, exactly, how many yeah. seventy billion dollar acquisitions do we see? <laughs> yeah, not so, even the scale of it. Like that's a merger. That's quite a specific. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I think it would be. You know, th- there was um, 
it, it was it was kind of um more scary i guess in a prior cma case which was the meta giphy case which i think of people have seen i thought that would be a case where it ha would have more of a chilling effect um because giphy yeah, sorry. Yeah, you're about no, no, to no, do cause, that. Because yeah. Giphy in that case had no, they had no UK presence whatsoever. They were, um, they had no revenue in the UK. They had no employees. They had no headquarters. And they were caught under a, one of the two thresholds of the CMA's jurisdictional test as to whether they can um, look at the merger. So that one was a bit more worrying because it was like, okay, you know, you've got an entity here that Meta have acquired that has absolutely zero presence in the UK as whole, yet the CMA yeah. is saying, no, we have jurisdiction to actually look at retrospectively at this acquisition you've made. Um, but I think in going forward, like the CMA, as I've said, they can only look at certain things that fall into one of these two thresholds under the Enterprise Act. And and if mm. your merger doesn't, you, you can't, they can't look at it. So mm. I have a question. Um, so... Assuming this all goes through, let's just say the FTC and European Commission and everybody else approves it and the CMA are still there as the, the lone entity that's blocking this going through. You see a lot of people yeah. um, saying that Microsoft will just like not offer cloud in the UK or they'll set up a PLC that does business over there or whatever. But they still, like the block is still in place even in that scenario, right? So what would, what would Microsoft yeah. have to do to kind of engage a process where they're allowed to talk to the CMA again and they can potentially get a form of merger or acquisition to go through? Yeah, it's a it's a good question. It's um and it's also a really novel question because nobody in in history, I don't think, has thought about doing something like this at the stage that Microsoft are in, uh, because it's a bit of a it's a bit of a wacky suggestion. Um, I've had to think about it. I think um, you know, if you're talking about uh where they are in the process, as you say, that the CMA have, have issued a, an interim order which is a le like a unilaterally legally binding order now of a regulator that's enshrined in law. Um, so um, I think when people, I'll, I'll take it quite broadly, but when people talk about things like, um, oh, well, Microsoft will just not offer ABK games and mm. I'll get around it that way. The CMA have said there's no, re there's no other remedy in this case that's good enough for us apart from prohibition right so they've kind of thought about the broader scale of this and said prohibition is the only way for us agree or disagree right on that um and then they've made an order that says you can't acquire an interest in activision uh, at all and vice versa weirdly um so um when people say oh well microsoft could carve you know, let's just say ABK games out of the cloud as the first example. Well, to do that, they need to own Activision Blizzard. So they, and they can't, they can't do that because the order says they can't. And maybe we'll discuss about what that order means. But, and then when people say, um, you know, well, maybe they'll just carve cloud out. Again, what I would say to that is that that's, that, you know, that's akin to something like a behavioral remedy. And it's Microsoft trying to regulate their conduct in the UK market. Right. Um, it's also kind of structural in a way, in the way I was going to say, it sounds yeah. more structural. It sounds more structural, but actually it's behavioral because they're just saying, right, this thing in the market, which is taking that out, we won't put it mm. back in. That's what they're saying because they yeah. have control over that ultimately. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. um, so I don't think it. I don't think that works at all because it's effectively Microsoft saying we're going to unilaterally implement a remedy to the SLC that you've identified, the substantial lesson of competition, 
but completely outside of the scope of the pro the legal process that's happened in contravention of an order of the CMA, effectively. Mm. So um, I, I just like the way that they'll engage on a particular remedy basis from now on is either if the CMA changes their mind, which is very unlikely, very very unlikely, and they revoke the order. Um, but more likely, it will they it'll go to CAT, and if they get a favourable you know, verdict from CAT, it might be basically, especially if it's remitted back to the CMA, um, the phase two part is opened back up again. So that kind of begins anew, not fully, but it will, they'll try and remediate whatever the problems were. At that point, they can offer something like that remedy. And then so, may, maybe well, the CMA will go, yeah. Two, if that opens up, doesn't that also invite intervention potentially or consultation from the executive that you suggested those were one of the no what? because it would be after phase it because it would be it's already gone to phase two at that point uh, you can okay. only do it so after you... phase one or just before basically before phase one or just okay. after phase one before you go to phase two okay so it's not Diablo actually going back going to be on yeah. game pass then <laughs> it's unlikely you should get it anyway though because it's really good so. oh yeah, yeah i'm going to but damn it i mean on that point, um, and thank you for clarifying that. It's, it's really, really useful. And I hope, chat, that you're listening carefully as well, because I'm learning a lot uh, as well. I would just say, I get the jurisdiction of the CMA and the determination there that you can't, you're essentially behaving like you're deciding these behavioral uh, slash yeah. structural remedies. But, you know, this is a global affair where UK is one tiny island the US starts to operate it like what's stopping what's actually stopping Microsoft like, the, think about it Microsoft's like we've got it in China we're doing it here you can't stop us in America you can't stop us the rest of the world and we're gonna I mean other than fines being imposed what I mean I, I, I just wonder what the CMA's jurisdiction is there what will they physically do what can they do? Like, what, they can, yeah. what can Microsoft do? Like, you didn't give us an option. We've tried to cut. It's the only option that we have. Um, but w what's the other alternative? They swallow a fine? Or they get what? Yeah, so so your, your um, example is if Microsoft try and close over the CMA, right? Yeah. That's, that's basically what you're saying. Yeah. So, yeah, um, I think it's very, very, very unlikely... And the reason for that is, well, I try and think if I was advising Microsoft, could, would I advise them to do that? And I would say no, because I'm effectively advising them to break the law at that <laughs> okay. point. So um, it, the, there's a couple of reasons why it's, it's, it's really difficult to do that. So first, one is that they've got this interim order in place, which is, as I've said, it's binding by law. If you, if you breach that, um, then the CMA, as you know, can fine you. Um, it's up to 5% of the worldwide turnover of um, all the enterprises you control. So all the enterprises Microsoft control. So if Microsoft made, I think they made like $200 billion in revenue last year. So the fine would yeah. be, it could be a maximum of $10 billion, um, which is far more than the breakup fee that they have. But maybe they'd want to take that, right? I, I mean, I don't... Look, I think the, the premise is so difficult because I find it hard to believe that Microsoft, as a, a trying to build a reputation as a, someone we'll who works that. with regulators, um, would break break the law 
basically. Um, But if they did, um, and bearing in mind to do any of this, they would have to amend and restate or you kind of bilaterally waive conditions in their merger agreement that they have, um, which says that we need the consent of the CMA to this deal effectively. Oh, yeah. Um, So... Microsoft would have to, I guess, incur the fine. But more than that, the CMA have then have enforcement powers so they can go to a court and basically do what the FTC do or try and do. Except the CMA have far more bite with it, which is to get an injunction. Um, that could be prohibitive, right? Stop doing this. Stop trying to close. Or it could be mandatory, which if they already have closed, uh, which would be you need to divest immediately or, you know, with us immediately, and that would take ages. But, um, or you can't, um, one of the things they did with Meta and Giphy was they said, you can't integrate your businesses until this entire process is finished. Like you can, you can own them, mm-hmm. um, but you can't do anything. And they can actually, the law is quite broad because it says they can seek any remedy they think in terms of a, a court appeal um, that uh, they think, you know, would be acceptable or, or useful in the scenario. Um, so I think like, it's just, I mean, it would be pretty scandalous to me if Microsoft did it. I'd be, I'd be uh, blown away. I'd be genuinely blown away, which is why I just never entertain it as an idea that would, that would actually happen. That's, that's crazy. I, I just, to me, the, the scale of it for the UK to almost impose that decision that blocks the entirety of it. And then the only... It's it's strange to me. Um, that means a sole jurisdiction could do that. I mean, the sole jurisdiction in this case is one that Microsoft identified it was a necessity for the deal to go through. But yeah, and it's and it's part and parcel of um, like I don't have too much sympathy for Microsoft with it in, in that sense. <laughs> it's, it's part and parcel of operating in in a jurisdiction, isn't it? Like yeah, yeah. if you yeah, operate yeah. in a jurisdiction as a business, you are subject to the laws of that jurisdiction, even if you're, mm. you know, a global business headquartered <clears throat> in the in the US. So, um, you know, like whenever you and I've done merger applications before and helped with them, when you when you're like doing your analysis about does this raise competition concerns? You're thinking about, you have to sit down and think about every single market in which you operate and go, actually, you know, this might be notifiable. We might have to do this here. Like, and then you you build out your merger agreement or your acquisition agreement from that and you have relevant conditions in that. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, like, it's just, just the thing that it is. You know, yeah. realistically, like, bit... <laughs> Xbox, well, Xbox, Microsoft is stuck basically between like a rock and a hard place where, they can't acquire Activision because the CMA have said they can't. And the reason the CMA have said they can't is because of the cloud concerns, obviously. But then they can't break the terms of the CMA agreement because they've said for this acquisition to go through, we have to get the approval of the CMA. So they're it's like... because they operate in this. Yeah. Because yeah. They're, yeah. So they're basically stuck between two impossible things and neither of them have a remedy other than cat come in well it's the the bit that i see this interesting is you like there's always this conversation and speculation about what they should offer as a remedy and it's it's like it's too late right essentially they had a massive opportunity to talk to the cma and offer these remedies and they missed that window and now they pretty much won't pick up the phone so something has to happen this is why i asked the question like what what is microsoft option no matter what they want to offer no matter what they want to concede they can say we're going to put all of these games on amazon luna for free but the CMA aren't listening anymore and something needs to happen. And this is like, how do they make that happen? How do they get a reverse on the decision yeah. or reopen the case at all? I think it it's says not it easy. all that as soon yeah, as... Yeah, the, the reopening EU, of the case. 
as soon as the EU made their statement to say we're passing this, CMA was straight in like we're still not. Yeah. Like we still are not passing this. We are not yeah. going to buckle under the pressure of someone else passing this. That for me was like, yeah, there's there's nothing Microsoft can do at this point. That well, that's the, the CMA statement. Yeah, thanks for reminding me. This is what they said. They said Microsoft's proposal, accepted by the European Commission today, or whenever it was announced, would allow Microsoft to set the terms and conditions for this market for the next 10 years. They would replace a free, open, and competitive market with one subject to ongoing regulation of games Microsoft sells, the platforms to which it sells them, and the conditions of sale. Now, they did address the current deal, the proposals that the EC Commission, you know, accepted. So there's some, like, acknowledgement of those. And theoretically, on uh, on Ace, going from what Ace is suggesting, they are listening, their the ears are open, they are aware of what the EC's done. Would it... Isn't it a bit weird, this abstract position, where if the... If the position fundamentally changes, like the offer is made, uh, Luke, the CMA are completely prohibited from uh, observing any new developments in the case, that the case could fundamentally morph. And can the cat also then entertain yeah. that? Or are they limited by scope? No, I, I mean, I don't... I, look, this is this is novel, right? This hasn't been done. So the answers yeah. to these are not easy answers. I know. Um, I know. So yeah. uh, I wasn't having a go, by the way. I'm <laughs> just saying. Like, no, no, really it's, good, but it's very good it's, to, to yeah. clarify that. People I, I will take you for verbatim and said, he said this is definitely <laughs> yeah. not going ahead. And I want to stress yeah. that point. And I think that's that's why, um, you know, I, I don't think anybody can say with any certainty if Microsoft do X, then can Y happen, right? Which you see some people do like, oh, yeah, well, they could just do this. And it's like, well, it's not that simple. It's actually yeah. very extremely complicated and very novel. And there is no there is no legal precedence for the things that are being suggested, mainly because they're quite bonkers, mm -hmm. right? Because no no company's ever entertained it, really. Um, so, um, but I think, look, I mean, it, I think the, the, the problem uh, is that I think if there was something fundamental, like uh, Microsoft said, right, we're just going to, not offer cloud services in the UK anymore, right? And they could yeah. get a hold of the CMA, such that the CMA were willing to talk to them about it. Maybe the CMA would have a look at that and pull it back and pull their mm. order away and say, actually, you know what, we've reconsidered and we're now going to update kind of a remedies working paper, which is what they did pr prior to phase two, and go uh, and then do kind of another phase two um, mini analysis and go, actually, this does satisfy the exact concern we've had. Maybe they do that. Um, mm. But I just, uh, I can't, I can't see it a really important question for the for the inevitable follow-up across twitter and all the rest of it um luke what is your experience in mergers and acquisitions how are you qualified to talk about this <laughs> oh, uh, it's, you've got a twitter uh, account i've got a twitter account. yeah yeah that seems to be the uh, the threshold uh, so um so I, uh, I have a law degree. I have a master's in corporate and commercial law. I'm a qualified uh, M&A lawyer in the UK. Uh, M&A is what I do all the time. Uh, I've done competition cases. Um, I have very good knowledge of UK 
mergers and acquisitions law about the enterprise acts because of what i do uh yeah qualified for five years trained for two before sorry it's not good enough yeah, well, I know. Yeah, well, you own a PlayStation console. So. Sorry. Sorry. I'm, I'm listening to Frost Patterns instead of you. Fuck off. <laughs> I'll just leave. I'll leave I've, seen, I've seen a few people in chat. Um, I've seen a few people in chat mention the fact that, well, Microsoft offered a 10 year concession for Call of Duty to PlayStation, and like that's their remedy. But the CMA never mentioned sony like this isn't it's not no, competition they've with sony. confirmed that that's that's yeah. by the by so now. that's they absolutely nothing to, like i've seen a few people bring it up like well they offered cod for 10 years that's not the concern the concern isn't call of duty not being on playstation as much as jim ryan might think it is like that's not why this hasn't closed <laughs> it's a completely different reason like this is nothing to you know? do with playstation and sony and as much no as it does probably... actually you're wrong harry because after Poor Luke has in such detail and in such prose and just done it, explained it in a way that I could never. That puts me to shame. I'm sitting here like, why can't I explain Comprop in a way like Luke has explained emerges an acquisition to a case with, with 600 plus people watching? Do you know what? The, the chat, I see Red Monkey Butt says, Luke is a pony. <laughs> Luke is a pony. What the Look. I have to say, oh like, on the whole thing. So I watched the parliamentary thing with, uh, with Sarah Cardell, the head of the CMA. Um, yeah. And she was definitely, she got a PlayStation controller and held it like this. So I knew that she's been spending too much time with Jim Ryan. I just, I just like, yeah. mm, I see it. I, I also... <laughs> I also really want to just jump in, and I have receipts for this. You can go back and watch like older podcasts that I was on with with Boom and and, and other people. I've always wanted this merger to go through. So yeah, if there's any emotional enough. place that I'm, I and I don't have any emotional investment, like look at the way that I speak about these things. Do you think I honestly have an emotional investment? I've got a fucking life. To not have a, like, I actually have a job and a life, like, and this is like super interesting to me because it's yeah. like, okay, what would I, you know, what would I advise in the scenario? Your client, like, what, yeah. yeah, like what, 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 what would that be? But I wanted this merger to go through because I'm a Game Pass subscriber. One, I really want to see Activision Blizzard King Games on Game Pass, like that would be awesome. And two, I've always said I'd really like to see what Xbox would do with the studios that you know ABK yes. have, and and if they would give them a bit of a rain over something other than Call of Duty, that would be that would be awesome. Number three, yeah. number three, Bobby Kotick. Everyone forgets that Bobby Kotick is still the big boy, <laughs> and he needs to immediately not be part of the. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, like, that's yeah. That's huge that, for me. Like, yeah, that's there's, a, there's a human thing. element. Yeah, there's yeah, a human, there's a human element, element to all of, of this. Like, Bobby Kotick is literally Satan, and I don't yeah. want to be involved with an yeah, ABK. Yeah. And I, the sooner this deal goes through, the sooner Bobby Kotick can be removed from anything to do with video games. Potentially, people, and people within ABK can unionize and can like, like potentially fight for like better wages and can fight for better working conditions. And female members <laughs> of staff won't be harassed to the point of of unfortunately taking their own lives. Like. Okay. Gaz's potentially yeah. then was like, Allegedly. potentially he's actually Satan. <laughs> <laughs> no, I said potentially he will Close. leave because I think you never know. There is a situation where if in this weird world this deal goes through, which I still believe it will, um, because of, it's just, this is unprecedented. Um, it is. And, yeah, and I think like that's an important thing. This is unprecedented. So don't like... 
and I'm not going to big myself up. I do like I do have qualifications. Like I do know what I'm talking about with this stuff. Doesn't however, matter. Someone however, you don't need else. you don't need to think. Oh well, like he's being emotional about it or blah blah blah. Like I'm just offering an opinion based on what I understand, um, yeah. and and my, the qualifications. But it doesn't mean that I'm going to be right about this because it is really unprecedented. I'm just saying that I can't see them doing anything other than the course that I think they're on, which is going to be yeah. a cat. They wouldn't have hired, you know, Daniel Beard, GC and, and Lord yeah. Panic on the Activision side, who are specialists in like appeal cases, in competition appeal cases, if they weren't planning to do the appeal. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. I think, I think they've spoken sit- like a true pony. oh Oh, man but i still think the deal will go through i just think and again it's unprecedented i keep saying i can't see big business being curtailed in this way the way microsoft is posturing he's doing all the right moves he's obviously gearing up for the appeal hiring all these top top people qcs and whatnot and at the same time applying pressure apparently successfully to the point where you've got these politicians blurting out things in the vein of this deal uh, at a time where the economy is pretty sketchy. So I will maintain that position. Um, Gaz been flip-flopping through this whole deal, says Childish Bambino. If you see me, I keep saying it will still go through, despite all the odds. How is that a flip-flop? It just means, well, okay, I take into account that the cloud concerns are you know, not spurious, but I still say it will go through and you still call it flip-flop. Guys need to stop sucking or carry on sucking. Well, that sounds weird. That's a bit homophobic. And let me read these super chats. That wasn't the intention. Alvin with a $5 super chat. Entire world and their own governments are against the CMA. Solution, toss their offices in the Boston Harbor. <laughs> Chuck them a few life rafts and let's move on. Poor Sarah Cartel. Uh, Alvin again, because also a great show, panel and discussion. Thanks for the podcast. I thought you were serious there for a second, but thank you. Um, El Greco, thank you so much for the NOK50. He says, just sh- supporting the show I like. And he did that with my personal channel as well. And thank you. That's very nice of you, man. Uh, Enig- Enigmatic Dreams, thank you for the $5 super chat. Microsoft should just pull Activision games from the UK if they want to be stupid. Let them. Are you FOSS patents? CMA wants to play politics. This is what they get. UK will be irrelevant. Right, thank you for the $5. CMA wants to play chat. politics. They're a government agency, right? That's pretty <laughs> political as far as I'm concerned, right? Uh, I mean, they're an independent regulatory oh, authority. I don't think sorry, they're... Well, yeah. you can't divorce the politics too much from it because they themselves... Well, it is the economical considerations which Sarah Cardell did say to Parliament that we'll they're get aware Rich of. On the phone and we'll sort so... it out, don't worry. Yeah, <laughs> we need to teams him after this to give him a, yeah, a, yeah. a good, a good speaking to. Next week's guest. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, um, ever born with the five dollar super check? As he goes, the CMA only fined Meta seventeen million dollars for closing the Giphy deal, so it's not guaranteed that the fine would be five percent global revenue. No, it's it's. I'll just add to that. No, it's not. It's up to five percent. I I think the only difference here is that um, the fine is meant to be um, it's meant to uh, how do I put it? It's a deterrent, isn't it? Exactly. To it's a deterrent exactly for the that. action, proportionate mm-hmm. to the action. In that case, Meta had already like the all of that deal was done. 
And then the CMA retrospectively came in and said, oh, actually, we think you should have notified that to us. We're going to investigate that now. And there were other issues relating to it. In this case, it would be probably, you know, it would be a company doing the worst thing that they could do against the CMA, which is to ignore or to breach an order of the CMA. Mm. So uh, whilst I don't know if it'd be, you know, up to 5%, 10 billion, I think I put decent money on it being pretty high Mm. in the many billions. I think you'd need to set an example. CMA anyway, so. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of ponies, shout out to Face23 Brooklyn, New York. I'm just messing. Thank you for the $20 super check. Microsoft offered European Commission the same remedies as the CMA. Um, the European Commission also added the remedies that Microsoft needs to give out the licenses for free to consumers and other competing streaming services. Um, okay. Uh, what That's the one, like, like Luke said earlier, we don't have the text of what has been agreed with, with the EU. So it's difficult to know whether it goes and expands beyond what we know about from the CMA or not. Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. They alluded to regulatory controls as well, and I don't know what those are. Those kind of checks and balances. The, the like EU this. alluded to there being an independent in, like enforcer mm-hmm. to, to make sure that Microsoft are sticking to this for the next 10 years, which Microsoft said that they had promised to the CMA as well. So, Yeah, it's a monitoring trustee. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Yeah. Percentage of the deal going through. Give us an accurate fixed percent. Luke, go. <laughs> Value judgment no, time. No. <laughs> you're I like can't... Acer. You two are like peas in a pod. Just won't do the nonsensible thing and just commit. Uh, just, some... just, just destroy it. Look, um, you don't think it's going to go 30%? through. Thirty percent. Thirty percent. Yeah. I'll do it. Moment. Five trillion done. That's the number. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> the contrast is amazing. Uh, so to five trillion, you're just like me. It's like <laughs> Asa and Luke are the sensible ones. Me and you are just bunch of absolute mongheads. Uh, I love Proudly, you. mate. I wear yeah. that. Well, I wear that badge with honour. Percentage will go up after I've had this conversation with Rishi. After this, uh, to tell him to you know get it sorted yeah. out. So. Uh, yeah, well, can we just look? I don't want to attack the chap, but obviously, he Foss patterns. Florian Mueller came at you for saying we were saying, um, that you know, the CMA can th- there's this popular suggestion the cat can make a determination without the CMA's input. You came out and said this is not the case in merger, merger, uh, cases because they can quash relevant elements of a decision on a judicial review basis, and that is so narrow illegality and procedural so and he said no they can uh remand is not 100 required in 100 of all cases to which i replied can you give me an example and then he blocked me no no he did say i don't remember where i read it but it was a publication by a scholar or major law firm that said it was very rare for a UK court to make a final decision under judicial review standard. Very rare does not mean never. I'm like, is anyone fucking reading what this guy is saying? He's not, and then he's getting loads of likes. I'm like, oh, you, you didn't give me an example. You that said screams that, and then of I... like, oh, my girlfriend goes to another school. You don't know her. Like, she exists. She <laughs> definitely exists. She's definitely real. But she goes to another school. She's from Canada. You won't know who she is. But trust me, like when I say, I've definitely heard this from somewhere. It's just where they oh, said where? it doesn't oh, mean never. Like, uh, what the fuck? I I wasn't trying to be combative. I was just like, 
I want the deal to go through just like you do, Luke. But I'm like, yeah. you're challenging this lawyer. I, I'm interested. You've been I on think... Rand's show. What is he saying? And this is the man who's, if you're watching this, you had some pretty public outbursts. You didn't stop fucking tweeting after the CMA. You were wrong on that point. And then, just like we were all surprised, but you two, three, you've been throwing your toys out the pram. You've been tracking Jim Ryan's plane. What the is going on um luke Stalker. yeah I, th I think um i think to some extent like we were talking over each other a bit and maybe referring to slightly different points um we kind of patched it up mostly in the end the um, response he blocked ever. me but yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i think that was you, 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 you did a, an, an insult <laughs> Oh, maybe later. I was like, no, yeah, it yeah. didn't. That wasn't it. That was so yeah, calm. it wasn't. That was it so wasn't timid. It was. Yeah, it was. Yeah. A bit, it was pretty timid. Um, but anyway, but um, so I think what people mix up is can cat kind of substitute their own decision for the CMAs, and the answer to that is no, because that would be doing uh, what they can't do, which is make a merits-based judgment of what the CMA have have you know reviewed and then made a decision on so they can't mm. say you know what actually we've done all this process that you've just done and we've come to a different conclusion ergo that's the conclusion that mm. there's going to be uh off off you pop um they there is some interpretation around whether they can take a decision that the cma has made re review it and then uh fail to remit it i suppose technically that is possible and i so you know they could do that they could um, there is a hypothetical scenario where they can make a remand almost pointless in that they could quash on a, let's say, an irrational standard, the CMA's, I don't know, um, uh, market definition or something like that, right, to make it so that it's almost pointless that it reverts back to the CMA because if there's no, you know, if there's no cloud market, then the CMA's yeah. decision about a cloud market is irrelevant, isn't it? And if there's only one theory of harm relating to a cloud market, well, the CMA have no basis on which to block a merger because there's no competition concern. So mm -hmm. that's that's an example. But um, yeah, I, I don't I don't want to I don't want to spend too much time on it because I think yeah, yeah. like yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's one of those. It's just one of those things. I think what I would say is that like you know just people just need to chill a bit with some stuff like and realize that people can have debates about it and um can come from informed places some people can come from non-informed places um but just you know just chill it's going to be okay like either way life will go on <laughs> that's so... the politest put down i've ever heard some people come from informal places i love that that's your that's a really nice way of saying stop talking absolute shit <laughs> yeah it's such stop a nice way to i only try and intervene when i think there's like something fundamentally like and, and the main reason i was coming in was about this idea of government intervention right um mm, oh yeah where that's that's the real problem area about this and that's that's whenever there's something i think that's legally a bit eh, that that isn't really how it works that's why i try and intervene i don't try and intervene when someone says oh i don't agree with the cma at all because i get that uh, like but that's fine but okay yeah. oh, fair enough well, I think I think we've had enough. See, oh, this has been so. You, you, bro, we've talked about this for ages, and it has. A, it's been so interesting, and I've learned a lot. Still believe the deal will go oh, through. Hey, must have really what. enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, he really <laughs> did. He just pissed off somewhere else. Well, we'll switch it up. That was 
Really good chat. And I really appreciate that, Luke, especially. <laughs> Harry, you're fucking brilliant. Um, but it just, we, the conference, just to summarize, this is a very fluid, unprecedented level of merger. Things can happen. 30% is not zero. So I guess Florian Mueller and Luke still do agree. Never, very rare. You know, it doesn't mean never. Yeah. So, no, so no. you know, I'm throwing your bone out there, Florian. You know, just like, you, I'm sure. I still think the deal's going to go through. Don't ask me why. Uh, now, we've talked about ABK. Let's go into some gaming, ladies and gentlemen. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that? Mortal Kombat 1. You, oh, shit. Poxy says you missed my earliest. I keep doing this, apparently. What the fuck uh, is going on? I'm such a dick. Sorry about I'm that. Oh, Carella. Space Novakin. Uh, wait, no. That Space is... Uh, wait, Poxy, Poxy. I'm scrolling up. Oh, shit. I have... I've actually missed quite a few. Fucking copy and paste doesn't work. Sorry, apologies. Um, this is running really well. Um, okay, uh, Poxy, can you paste the super chat? I've, I've got one from Antagonist33. So why has the whole world said it's okay except the CMA? USA, we already know why. Brexit, F the UK. It's not only Microsoft noticing UK is dead for business. I think we've talked about this and you're just... They're an independent organization who made that determination and they had a 400-page-odd, you know, rationale behind it. Um, we may not agree, we may not like it. And it is, let's be honest, it's a cloud market. It's very conceptual in a lot of it. It's crystal ball stuff. So it One makes thing sense. I would say as well is that with this, with the CMA ruling, how many people actually have sat down and read the full 400 pages or how many people saw that first tweet and went, oh, for God's sake, and then they didn't even read the follow-ups? Like, there's a big proportion of people that just read headlines when yeah. you need to keep scrolling and you need to click the yeah. link. There's a lot of people do... as, as well, just to add on to that, that just take, particularly on Twitter, a tweet at face value and don't investigate it. And it's usually mm. some form of, like, com confirmatory bias about a particular, you know, the way they feel about it. That... That's whether you want the merger to go through or against it, by the way. Um, yeah. So my point earlier was that don't, like, even if you're listening to me or, or Florian or Gaz or any anybody on it, like, we're not the authority on it. So don't treat us on the, as the authority. Yeah, treat honestly, the don't. Yeah, treat, <laughs> treat Harry instead. Yeah. Five trillion. Treat Harry instead. Oh, wow. I just had a, sorry, I had a really bad case of vertigo there. Um yeah, that was kind of scary. Um, Space Dovakin, thank you with the five dollar super chat. What if Microsoft really pushed for getting out of the UK? That obviously harms UK economy. Can Cat or the government step in and overrule the CMA? Um, we've talked about this again, and the answer is no. Uh, but thank you. Um, but I mean, but you never know. It's like you said, it's a fluid situation. Something might happen. Developments in law, or the CMA might somehow have an appetite to to come and reignite some conversations. Poxy, super chat, guys, you missed uh, my earlier super chat. I'm sorry, can you just paste that? He said, I posted, Luke, does Amazon launching Luna to 15 million UK users change things? What do you say to that, Luke? Uh, no, because the CMA considered Luna coming into the market in the report, so it doesn't, I don't think it makes any difference to them in respect of where they, the conclusion they arrived at. Okay, okay. 
Um, sorry, yeah, my head is spinning quite crazy. I think I need some water. But whilst I do that and die on screen live on Game On Daily, that would be fucking hilarious. Well, I wouldn't. But, yeah, uh, don't more die. Com- <laughs> I'll try not to. Uh, just drooling on camera. Can you imagine how crazy that would be? God, please don't do that. Uh, Microsoft, uh, Microsoft, Mortal Kombat 12 has been officially, well, not teased. We've got the trailer. And have we seen this trailer? Am I the only person really hyped about this game? Don't say yes, Harry. Harry. So no, I've, I've watched it today. I spoke prior, Gat, like I'm not into fighting games. They're not my jam. Never have been. Although saying that Tekken 2 was the earliest game that I remember fully playing and like getting completely engrossed in. I gave the trailer a, a quick watch today and then I instantly played it again. And then I played it again and I was sat there <laughs> like, I really, really need to get into fighting games because this looks sick. This looks absolutely amazing. Um, yeah. Have you so never played the Mortal Kombat story games? I've, I've, I didn't even know there was a story to Mortal Kombat oh. until yesterday. I had no idea. So I've got like a playlist set up on my YouTube for tomorrow evening where I'm going to do a deep dive into Mortal Kombat lore to like find that i found like a three hour long playlist of like don't do that i will help well if you can if you want but i would suggest watch or play mortal kombat 11 you can see actually there's someone's linked i'll link it to you in dms uh, the story because this may be called mortal kombat one but really that's not the reboot mortal kombat 11 that came the game before this is the actual reboot this actually carries uh, the story forward directly from Mortal Kombat 11 without offering spoilers, it explains a lot. So what didn't, just didn't Ed Boon debunk that? I might be I might be misreading, taking something no. at face value. And maybe it didn't come from Ed Boon. I saw I saw I think I saw on Twitter someone say that Ed Boon had debunked that. So take it as like massive grain of salt because you know Twitter and people saying yeah. things. But he debunked it and said that it's not a continuation from Eleven. That they're re-establishing like relationships between characters and all those kind of things. Like this is a proper reboot, and you should ignore everything before it. I don't think so because no. Liu Kang is is the story is there. So uh, without offering spot, well, it's a bit. It's a whole game now, so I can say it. Liu Kang appearing the way he is, the powers there. That's directly the ending of Mortal Kombat Eleven. In that, and it's not spoiler territory, it's gonna be the game. The next one's coming out. Liu Kang is the god in here. He literally says, You test the power of a god. He, Raiden became part of him in the end of Mortal Kombat 11. They fuse together and he becomes a god who was never one until Raiden gave him that power after Kronika's battle. So, so it's direct, it's still direct. The way that you're talking about it, Kat, see, I find the way that you're talking about it interesting because I played more, I don't particularly like Mortal Kombat as a series, but I played, I think, 10. Which is, is that the one where they introduced like the really good facial capture and animation and acting and all the rest of it and started really telling stories within this game? And I played it and I enjoyed it. it for nine. What it was. was it nine that started uh, yeah. all that off? I played it, but I took it to be like, this is the 10th game in a long running series and the story is going to be like about as valuable as my left foot, which is not very valuable. It's quite valuable on the open market, but um, not as valuable <laughs> as my right foot. And I was playing it thinking like, it's well done, they've done great capture, but the story is very throwaway to me and I'm going to ignore it. But you're talking like this is a story that compares with games that focus on story. Is it actually that good? 
I think so. Obviously, it's in the in the vein of Mortal Kombat, but as far as fighters are concerned and stories in them, and I'm a big fan of Tekken stories, this is far and ahead above Street Fighter and Tekken. The, the story is actually really good, and I would recommend anyone new watching in this space. MKX's story was too crazy for me. I didn't like it after Mortal Kombat 9, but Mortal Kombat 11's story is great. Really good. It's like a reboot tells a story like in a crazy way and this is a continuation luke did you play more combat Lebanon story yeah yeah i loved it uh I'm, and i'm not a big fighting fan at all actually like generally i mm. wouldn't i wouldn't pick one up um but uh i played nk10 uh and loved that story funnily enough mm -hmm. uh and i just thought it was so cool that uh a fighting game had like such a kind of long story campaign like it almost yeah. sounds like an anathema it doesn't sound like it could exist but it does yeah. uh and then uh yeah mk11 took it to a, a different level so i'm I'm really excited about about this one because i think um whatever realm do with their fighting games is much more interesting to me than maybe a traditional fighter is yeah i'm really yeah, no, I'm genuinely like interested that you say that because i had like i said i had absolutely no idea that there was like lore and story like, i just thought it's a bunch of characters and they all just beat each other nah. up. They rip their spines out and sometimes you see blood and stuff. I genuinely had no idea that there was like a narrative thread that was actually worth playing the game in order to like explore that because I've never really played fighting games. Like I remember, I think the last one I played was Killer Instinct on the Xbox One. And yeah. I just didn't get it. Like, Oh, and I probably used to play really Smash story. Bros with my. I used to play Smash Bros with my mates, but that doesn't really count, does it? Um, nah. But like, I I never really understood the desire to get into those because I'm very much someone who likes to play games with narratives. So mm -hmm. to know that there's like a fully fleshed out story and campaign and narrative, yeah. I'm probably gonna jump on and have a look at getting Mortal Kombat 11. Cutscenes are so good as well. They're so yeah. good um yeah it's just really it's just basically like a, a cheesy mortal kombat movie but done really well uh, yeah the new one exactly or the old one uh, it's both. better than all of them yeah better than both <laughs> yeah, the new one was all of them but atrocious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah 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 no that's absolutely right it's like a how you would want the movies to play or but much longer it's a very long story like the, and the way it's set up you play multiple characters, so you don't have a choice of which character you pick. It'll tell a story of a character oh, you that lead into it. Yeah. Oh, okay. I yeah. All of this is like brand new information to me. So yeah, no, I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna absolutely check that out. That sounds genuinely great. Try and play it. Try and play it. Because if mm -hmm. you're gonna play more combat one, you you'll get into the you know, the vibe of it and the moveset, and then it won't be so jarring actually playing it as opposed to watching the cutscene and then going yeah, into MK1. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. It's really good. It's a fun game, and just the single player story thing should be copied by other fighters. I wish they did because it's really, I mean, to be honest, I played more Combat 9 mostly online and ranked and stuff. But whereas with MK11, I played actually on PC, and that means I wasn't intending to play it online. I just wanted to, to yeah. experience the story. That says a lot. That says a lot. This game's gonna be violent, and the cutscene was ridiculous. Where he just yeah. chopped his, his yeah. face. You could hear him choking what? on his 
blood, but he has no body. He's just like... <laughs> what I loved about that trailer as well is that they kind of like, I love the way they started it, which was to be like super peaceful, almost completely not yeah. Mortal Kombat at all. And then sort yeah. of gradually kind of escalate like the madness of it all until you get to that end bit, which is just like, you know, it's standard, <laughs> even more over the top Mortal Kombat stuff. And it's just, it was really well done, I thought. I th- I was really unsettled at the start, but I'm like, why is this so peace? It's like, yeah, it's combat like, it's Combat 11 literally downloading to my Xbox. Nice. Oh, wicked. Um, enjoy. Nice. You'll enjoy. I would love to get your thoughts on it. I have okay. a more combat question, though. Like, so you've got the campaign, and that's delivered through like a story mode, but it also has this I found horrible mode where you control a character in third person and you run around like some maze thing, unlocking all kind of crap, like the crypt yeah. thing or whatever. Is that is that significant, or should I ignore that if I go and revisit this series? Ignore it. I don't even remember that. Oh, it was fun for unlocks and stuff, but I guess. And but you don't more important question, like, mechanically, is it a good fighting game? So this is very subjective, subjective. Mm. and I think mechanically it is quite proficient compared to the more combats of old. You, you're doing a disservice comparing it that and judging it on that. Now, would it be on your Blaz Blues and your Tekkens and Soul Calibers? I... I think so. I think so. I think it's it's improved quite quite a lot, and the fighting gaming circuit it has been pretty good. The only problem I would say, as an outsider looking in, because I'm not into the esports business anymore, uh, or anymore, I was never into that, but not uh, like a try-hard, sweaty person trying to be that. It just seems like the character balances were never on point where they could be taken, perhaps. Or maybe MK guys can tell me in chat. But taking that seriously. Also, the netcode has always been a bit shit. Even MK9 that I played so much of, this this one uses a um in on netcode, which is very different. It's actually um actually I forgot the name of it, not that you would care, but it's positive. So they've announced that they're using this type of netcode, which is really good. It kind of I do don't know. I do care cares. about the name of the netcode, but like. Can I play it oh, with an analog can. stick and my face? <laughs> and still win. Um, yes. <laughs> Get through the story. No, you can't. You can't oh. do that. Uh, like I've, there seen is the, a... I've seen a few people in chat say that like Mortal Kombat's Roll more back. casual com- Mortal Kombat's more casual compared to the Tekken. Um, I'm not into fighting games at all, so the more casual, the better. That's absolutely fine yeah. for me. Yeah. That's not yeah. a problem at all. Yeah, Black John, thank you so much. This uh, more combat has rollback. That's the net code. Um, basically, means that w- when you input something, um, there's no input delay. Is a long way, easy way of saying it. But when someone inputs their buttons, the other person also inputs their buttons, and the game basically tries to predict the movements. And if it doesn't predict it accurately, once the inputs have reached, or try and adjust it but basically what it means is you don't feel the latency locally um but there yeah was a, there was a huge issue a few years ago with um oh i can't remember which street fighter it was but a street fighter came out and the net code was just so horrendous that it, it rendered yeah yeah it rendered the multiplayer basically unplayable to the point where people five, just five bad the net code. 
yeah, day yeah. one, it did. It did. Killer Instinct to this day, like we said the other week, incredible netcode. Might have been rollback uh, or could be Azure as a result of the magic. But yeah, Mortal Kombat, we are going to see it most likely next week. But this year, we're getting Tekken, we're getting Mortal Kombat, and we're getting Street Fighter in the same year, you lucky sh me lucky shits because Does that I put the pressure on Microsoft then to get Killer Instinct back because I know <laughs> that it's something that a lot of people talk about is they want to see Killer Instinct back. Like if fighting games are having this resurgence, it. if they're having this big resurgence and there's a lot of hype, and you watch the trailer to Mortal Kombat and it makes people go, "Oh, I've never tried a fighting game before, and that's what I want to do." Surely Microsoft have to look at that and think we need to like. We need to work on this hype that everyone else is building and then release something that is actually... Conversely, though, Microsoft say we've got three fighting games coming to our platform this year, so maybe we should make something yeah. else. Money hat. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, no. There's a movement. Microsoft needs to... I think this whole Redfall angle and everything, just public discourse around it has put negative spin on it. There's been a movement a positive movement to bring Redfall back. There's like a hashtag, whatever, Redfall, whatever, I forgot it, what it's called. I think Microsoft would be stupid not to even consider uh, a fighting game genre in his staple as first party. Didn't his think problem Redfall is getting bring back Redfall. <laughs> bring back Redfall? Huh? Bring back, <laughs> bring back Redfall. Yeah. Bring no, back... Are you, are you okay, guys? Yeah, is the vertigo still hurt you? Do you need a rest? Please do not bring Redfall back. <laughs> no, uh, I, I think I'm okay. <laughs> I am ready for Redfall Remastered. <laughs> <laughs> I know they have a lot of remasters, but I'd rather get a hundred remasters of competent games in another Redfall. Jesus <laughs> yeah. Christ! <that> game. <laughs> Did you play that? Redfall. Oh yeah, Redfall, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I followed your tweets. And it was it was really <laughs> oh, entertaining. My, an NPC <laughs> just fucking vanished, and I couldn't talk to the bastard, so I couldn't do anything. Just literally couldn't do anything, and I've got knobheads on twitter going well you're obviously not playing it properly <laughs> here's a screenshot of me i can't talk to the npc he doesn't exist i can't progress i'm locked out of this wank piece of shit game that load in 240p textures for five minutes and the fucking npc's not there and then when they are there you sneak up behind them you punch them once and they go and they fall through you like you don't even exist and then they look at you and they shoot the floor and then the vampires don't move Brilliant. <laughs> what a great game that was. So yeah, I did play Redfall. I'd give it maybe like an eight out of ten, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's all right, it's okay, it's okay. Yeah. Nothing oh, salvageable. Nothing salvageable about that game. Like um what was it? The Last of Us on PC port came out and it was utterly broken beyond belief. But then they, they fixed that, and then you've still got like a good game at its core that you can play. If you fix the technical issues with Redfall, it's, it's still so shit. shit. Yeah. It's still <laughs> absolutely terrible. And it's I remember shit, your yeah. your tweet coming out and it was like, I'm changing my Metacritic prediction. And I was like, he's played it. He has definitely <laughs> fucking played that game. He knows what is coming. He absolutely knows what's coming. That's the way and, not uh, to break an NDA. On. Not that I even yeah. signed one. I was just he like... Was just like, I have a suspicion. I managed to play it. <laughs> Uh, and I was like, the game's fucking broken. It's done. It's absolutely dead on arrival. And I, someone look, was saying to me, I changed my my um uh, I changed my narrative after the reviews came out. You f 
idiot. My video came out when the embargo lifted, you yeah. dick. <laughs> and I told you before everyone, like I said, my Metacritic was 63. Why are people so stupid? Go on YouTube. Go check Jazz, the time. Go on my tweet. It's a curse so that we have. We have this curse where we're always right about everything that we always say. <laughs> and it's true. I was saying for months prior to Redfall coming out, I was like, this game just doesn't look good. Like, I don't I, get I it. I thought it was good. I thought it was I, I made a people... video on this channel <laughs> saying it could be something special because they sold me a bill of yeah. lies. I, I was super looking forward to it. I thought it looked good i mean there was that ign video but you know like apart we from owe that, that bloke an apology <laughs> yeah, sorry. i think we'd actually do i put his video yeah. Yeah, i think we do like, oh, to be honest he did play shit play anyway games. he wasn't watching no, the screen he didn't play but shit. now we know game's shit <laughs> yeah i think the, the reason he had well, the sniper the reason it, he had the sniper rifle indoors is because there's no fucking gun wheel <laughs> and he had to scroll through him and he was panicking yeah, yeah but and i also, didn't, didn't enjoy it on a controller, it does not like. I played it on PC, but I briefly played it on controller. It just it feels dread. Even not not even ignore the thirty FPS thing. It just feels not good the to play. It's very thing, sticky. Like, the thirty frames thing it annoyed me when they announced it, but then when I played it, it actually felt quite smooth and it didn't bother me as much as I thought it did. Yeah, yeah. What bothered me mm -hmm. is that when I got to that opening bit and the vampire's there, ooh, and he's sucking the blood, and then I walked downstairs into the bottom of the boat and I was met with unrendered cars. <laughs> and an unrendered floor, an AI looking at me from like here to maybe the wall away behind me, doing nothing, and then shooting the ground while I just slowly walked away. I remember at one point I had to get like a popcorn machine because that's going to help in a vampire. <laughs> oh, yeah, I saw that. Get some fucking popcorn. And I remember walking to the hub. I walked from the hub to the theatre and didn't encounter a single enemy, <laughs> yeah. not one. And I entered the theatre punched one bloke in the back of the head, took the popcorn machine, and fast travelled back to the hub, and that was the mission. <laughs> 8 point five out of 10. Uh. Wicked. Great game. Absolutely incredible game. Well changing. Just. Ah. Oh, man, NPCs. you killed me, man. NPCs are stupid because people in cults are stupid, so it makes sense if you look at it from a law perspective. <laughs> what? Uh, uh, yes, be you. I am offended by this game. It offended it, me. It does as me as well, and the fact that I've got released. Antagonist for the $2 super chat. You're the best, guys. Thank you so much for that super chat, man. Ah, uh, well, okay. Well, a showcase is coming, and I'm pretty confident that this company isn't going to have a shit show because, you know, as much as a biased Xbox guy that I am, I know for a fact PlayStation would have never released Redfall. And I am a lot more confident in their showcase, which is coming out this Wednesday. I'm not saying that Xbox is going to have a shit showcase. We'll talk about what Xbox need to do and the pressure they're facing. But PlayStation, after sat in absent, completely disappearing for like two years since 2021 on november or september 2020 they haven't had a showcase and now they're having one and after all the begging everyone is hyped i did a poll on twitter and oh yeah yeah guys your expert is gonna be obviously but yeah i know fine it's me i can't escape who i am but i did a poll um and eleven thousand something 346 people voted and 
It's as close as you can get. It was at 50% for ages. Who will have a better showcase, Xbox or PlayStation? Then it went up to the PlayStation side because the ponies were retweeting it as well. I don't think I didn't notice. So the PlayStation guys latched onto it. And then the Xbox guys. Yeah, they were all, I didn't expect this kind of response (laughs) to my poll. It was just like, yeah, I get it. It's me. I'm doing this poll. But it settled at 51% in favor of Xbox and 49% in favor of PlayStation. That's freaking narrow as fuck. And do you know what that means? It means Xbox guys, in my opinion, are more confident in Sony's showcase than their own. Yeah, 100% I am. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, you, me, a lot of other people. Look, let's let's have a little bit of context to that. Well, actually, you know what? Yes, guests talk about it. Luke, come on, man. This is a big moment. Of course, I'm going to weaponize this console antagonism but it's this, this is what we live for we haven't got e3 we've got sony who have come out and didn't need to go two weeks before xbox and they did it so fucking these guys aren't competition we will just go and destroy them two weeks in advance and watch phil spencer's apology talk. <laughs> okay it's not that bad but <laughs> talk to me what do you think about this is playstation confident are you expecting greatness yeah, I, th- I think they are. I mean, um, I think um, what I will say is I think it's it's very possible for both shows to be very good. Um, yeah. Like, and I think everybody should root for both shows, like irrespective of what platforms you have. Um, that's the the lawyer in me speaking. Um, but um, <laughs> allegedly, uh, allegedly, uh, yeah, don't quote me. Um, but um, I, I, I mean, I think the, the the Sony one is really exciting just because um, we've not, as you said, we've not had one for two years. We've had just state of plays and stuff, and and in that time, they've released you know a good bunch of games, obviously. But um, I think maybe there's a t- like I don't, I wouldn't say because people talk about pressure a lot in all of these things and i don't think there's like actual pressure but i think maybe sony have a little bit of pressure as well because they haven't had a big reveal of their slate of first party games for two years so it needs to be a good showcase because it as i think jeff grubb said it needs it's kind of meant to set up the next phase of the playstation 5 um so i'm really looking forward to seeing i mean there's so many things that could be there and i think that's the exciting thing about it is we don't quite know what's going to be there and what's not and there could be a lot of big surprises um I've got a think... guesses. yeah i, I reckon too. that there will be <laughs> quite a few triple a third person over the shoulder action adventure game very possible. then there might be some very... comic book superhero games and then there'll be some live service games i think maybe no yeah, i, yeah. I i'm unapologetically possible. not a playstation player because it's just a it's a, a an economy sort of thing i've never got into uh, all my friends had 360s i bought 360 all my mates had xbox ones i bought the xbox one um xbox all access was just the absolute best deal and I got it day one, like the console and Game Pass for like 25 really quid good. a month. Yeah. It was just like, I I worked, I convinced my missus because I negotiated a better contract and it worked out that going all access would save me like £8 a month. And I was like, I have to do it, see, because I'll save us money. Um, but That's two I Tesco am... meal deals now. Yeah, That's exactly. Big, big stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm genuinely looking forward to the PlayStation, um, the PlayStation Showcase. And I've said this to you guys like privately, in in dms and stuff is like more and more i think like i don't need an xbox anymore i could just be a pc player Mm -hmm. but the ps5 has its hooks and like i've seen a few offers on them and i've seen a few like deals especially like i'm with ee in the uk 
and they're mm-hmm. always like, hey, for, for £25 a month, you could get a PS5 with us and you could you could get this. And and I keep looking at it, I'm thinking like it's very enticing. Like they I know everyone always says destruction all stars. Shut up. Like that's a one-off terrible game. I get it. <laughs> They've re- Sony have released some of, if not the best first party AAA games ever made, ever. Um, I know that Xbox have had some absolute bangers but Sony consistently know what their players are after and they mm-hmm. deliver almost every time they deliver exactly what that person is after. So if you really, really liked Horizon, you're going to love the new one. If you really, really liked God of War, man, you're going to love the, the new one. If you mm-hmm. like Spider-Man, you are going to like the new Spider-Man game. And like for me, I absolutely love Halo. I didn't like Infinite very much yeah yeah <laughs> my, my twitter was know. very I was, don't, I was like unapologetically don't. i won't i won't um get that like, out quick <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah um but so sony have four spoken's not first party whoever's saying that in the chat um but um sony have a very good way and you may not like the style and structure of their games but they know what points to hit they know people who like this type of game will buy our console and will make that game the best it can possibly be. And watch mm. Spider-Man 2 come out, full 60 frames, 120, 4K. It's going to look absolutely stunning. And it's going to be just, if you like Overrated. the first one, you, yeah, if you like the first one, you like Miles Morales, <laughs> man, you're going to love the new one. And it's an ecosystem that more and more, I feel like oh, I should really end up getting a PS5 because... Yeah, those games do look quite good. And I'm sat here with my Series X. The games look good, or is it because Xbox is shitting the bed recently? It's a bit of both. So, like, we've spoken mm. about this. Like, I less and less have a reason to, like, big up my Series X because really the, the showcase games that I can show people are Forza Horizon 5, which is incredible. It's a beautiful game, but it's not a next-gen only title. And microsoft flight simulator which some people even argue isn't a game it is a game but some people say like it's not a game it's a simulator um those are really the only two that sort of show off this is and it's xbox's exact words the most powerful console ever made like what do i really have to show for it and then i look at um screenshots and i look at videos of um of horizon and it looks utterly incredible and I'm thinking, mm-hmm. like, where's Xbox's answer to that? I, what I a soulless, get... pretty game. <laughs> I know, I'm not a fan of Horizon, personally. Um, well, I'm, but... I've played a little bit of it, and it, like the first one, didn't drag me in at all, because like, open-world games just don't do it for me. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't have like that showpiece game that I can go to and be like, this is the reason that you need to buy an xbox because maybe Mm. forza horizon 5 maybe motorsport when that comes out i'm so hyped for motorsport maybe when that comes out possibly starfield although it's a bethesda game so it's it's a bug thesda game it's going to launch and it's going to be an absolute mess but they can get away with it they've got the sort of like the chops that they can get away with that Mm -hmm. but i think that this sony showcase they are going to they're going to push on the fact that xbox have struggled a bit over the last 18 months and I think they're going to do the like passing over the game. This is how you 
play yeah. share games on PlayStation. I think that they're going to just do an absolute double down on it. There was some yeah. rumor mill suggesting that Jim Ryan said that he's going to double down. This is it. We're going to go all the balls to the wall. I will say because Sony has sat out for like so long, they need to deliver a great show. Yeah, it's yeah, not 100%. like yeah. Yeah, because they you don't get the benefit of being absent and then delivering a lukewarm shot. I don't think they will release a lukewarm show. Um, but Acer, okay. what are you expecting? Are you ex- are you <laughs> expecting some majesty from PlayStation? Because I I am fully expecting them to molest Xbox this time. So, That's the wrong like, like Luke said, I'm fully expecting both showcases to be really damn good. They're both like Microsoft nice. and Xbox have been really quiet for like two years, or pretty much since the the ABK stuff started off. They've both kept their cars close to the chest. <laughs> Calm down, you two. Um, in terms of Sony, yeah, I'm expecting a banging showcase. But you know that VR is a thing that that I personally love an awful lot. So the main thing that I actually want from Sony is not not just a really good VR showcase like people talk about Half-Life Alex and things like that and I'd love to see all of that kind of stuff there and the big games but I'm really hoping that Sony kind of evidence their long-term strategy for that device so the whole all of the talk of hybrid development I want to see some of their major announcements for the PlayStation 5 to say also PlayStation VR 2 in its entirety so that we know that actually you're taking this seriously for a long time to come. Because obviously Jim Ryan's done this interview during the week with Famitsu and he said various things that we'll probably like dig into a little bit. But this is me. This is me personally. I love playing virtual reality games. So I want to see them. In terms of Sony's AAA slate, like Harry said, you know what you're going to get. They know what they're doing. They know how to build those and they're bound to have some good ones. And sure, they'll be reasonably excited. I didn't particularly like God of War Ragnarok, by the way. Um, in mm. terms of your like like their sequels are, are certainties. Parts of it were brilliant and parts of it were underwhelming, but um, I do actually like Horizon a lot. In terms of what's only delivered, like, like I'm, I'm all eyes on the VR. I can't help it. Can't help it. That's good. I though. know that's not the answer. I'm glad. Ones, but... <laughs> yeah, everyone is thinking like I'm thinking like the VR is going to be the weaker part of it. They might show something oh. really good. Half Life of Alex would be a big announcement if that has support for it, but unless they and I want it to be good on the VR front, I'm just thinking that might be the weaker part. Um, Same. but there's a super chat. Sorry, go on. Let's hit super chat. Uh, super chat for Randall Thor, you piece of shit. With a ten dollar super chat, he goes, What's up, MB Gaz? How you doing, bro? He blocked me today, <laughs> so I guess I can take his place. Um, Alvin with a five dollar super chat, Ghost to confirm that not that not uh, sorry, Ghost to confirm not being there is a bummer. If Bloodborne is also a no show, then it's not looking good for me personally. Hoping for the best though. Alvin, you're right though. And see, because uh, David Jaffe's sitting well, maybe not, not David Jaffe, Jeff Grubb. I always confuse the two. Jeff Grubb is saying that he's hearing <laughs> that um, go, uh, Sucker Punch are not going to be there or Ghost is, is not going to be there. Bloodborne is expected to be there. Uh, that from Blue Point. A remake being announced is a big deal. So yeah, I, I, I'm with you there, Alvin. Those two don't make it. It's gonna be like, hmm. But Asa, sorry. Only uh, thing I was gonna say is Sony. Like, obviously they've been quiet for a while. We know they've got a relatively quiet year this year in terms of their first party releases. But one thing that they've always done when they were at showcases, when they used to go to E3 and things like that, is they were always very willing to promise, like, quite far into the future. Too far yeah. for, into the future for my personal taste. 
But in terms of what Sony have to show, well, Wolverine's a good example. Like we're doing this, it's freaking ages away. And we said before, like I understand why they do that. You need to get these announcements out before it's leaked through job listings or whatever else it may be. But they've always promised Mm -hmm. really far into the future, which means in terms of what they've got to draw on for a showcase, like I expect it to be a lot, and I expect it to be a good one. Whether that stuff is coming out anytime soon is a whole other question. Yeah, (laughs) very good question. What do you expect, Luke? That, what would they show that would blow your socks off? Oh, um, I, I mean, I think it's somewhat unrealistic, but I think if, if I could pick something that I really would like them to show, it would be whatever Santa Monica's next game is, right? Whatever mm. Corey Barlog's doing. For me, that's that's the most... Ex- well, actually, I tell a lie. What I really want is about 45 minutes of Death Stranding 2 footage from Kojima <laughs> just <laughs> talking about that game. All one cutscene. And then the rest of the 15, I really don't I don't care much about because Death Stranding, I, I love Death Stranding. I love Kojima games, so it doesn't matter what Kojima makes, right? I just oh, love it. Yeah. Um, so if, we could, if I could have 45 minutes of Death Stranding 2... In fact, it doesn't have to be gameplay. It can be him and like Norman Reedus just having a chat. That would be great. Just Norman um, Reedus what? chugging monster. Yeah, just, just chugging monster. Uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, the baby be, in his hand. Kojima is eating a sandwich. It would be fantastic. I'd love it. Um, but yeah, I guess like Santa Monica's next game, uh, that would be big. Um, if the Metal Gear rumors are correct, I would be really excited. Again, a Kojima game. Um, <laughs> albeit he's not mm-hmm. remaking it. Um, whatever blue point are doing because i just think they're super talented like incredibly talented studio uh and they've yeah. said for this one they're you know it's the first game with original content um they'd stopped a little short of saying it was a brand new game you know something they're building from scratch in terms of uh, whatever the underlying base of it is but i think that's quite exciting um and yeah i mean it's diff- it's difficult isn't it um i think th- this like i said it's it's really difficult to kind of conceptualize a lot of this stuff because there is so much that could be there that we just don't know about like that's completely unexpected one of those things a bit like um hi-fi rush earlier in the year which just came out of nowhere right and it was like so surprising and then such an incredible game uh so i'd like it doesn't have to be a shadow drop but something like that where it's like a big unexpected announcement that's that's kind of what what i really like that kind of unexpected or well, that's right. <laughs> um, so Cole yesterday I was on Cole Eastwood was calling me because you might actually like Death Stranding because he said there are some bits in it. You like once you go through a certain period, it's just beautiful. Like you, yeah. you, you know, it's like a very creative experience. So I'm actually going to once I go through my backlog and play that on PlayStation um, because well, it's it, on you know, Cole PC Eastwood Game told me, Pass, isn't it? It's on yeah, PC but Game I don't play Pass, on PC. Yeah, oh, yeah, it, is, yeah. it is on PC Game Pass now, but yeah, yeah. Oh, is it a PC Game Pass? Uh, yeah. I think I've already got it anyway on PlayStation, so I'll, I will play yeah. it. Uh, Colt Eastwood chat because it's dank, yeah, it's dank. Uh, but that's, chapter three yeah. becomes tiring chore for a while. Yeah, there's that's that true. pacing issue. Yeah, that's I think true. the pacing issues are a PlayStation problem. Asa, I haven't gone back to Ro- God of War Ragnarok because um, after picking fruit, whatever, and then after that, I kind of stopped, which is crazy for me because God of War 2018, I finished. In like a few sittings, I was mesmerized by that game. I haven't gone back to God of War Ragnarok for months, so I do need to go back on it. But there's something there that to be said about that. And you might say, Gaz, you're being a pony uh, expert, but I'm just like, mm, it's funny uh, that you I, say that. Uh, obviously, Duncan, who used to do Gamers Watch before, like Gamers Watch isn't a thing anymore. We just don't have the time in the day to do it. That's why I'm off talking about UFOs and ghosts and stuff in my spare <laughs> time now. Um, but 
Yeah, Duncan oh, and me work together. So we were on Teams just the other day, and he was like, I finally finished Ragnarok. He said it was 18 hours of trudgery for three of the best hours of the game he's ever played. <laughs> like, oh, that was wow. his response. That's quite but he loved, he loved the previous entry into the series. Like, mm. like you just said, he could not put it down. It was like he played it absolutely from start to finish and got everything that he possibly could out of that game. And he yeah. said that, like, yeah, Ragnarok, he just felt it was very, very chore-like. And you had, to, like, every 10 minutes, you're being told exactly what to do and where to go. And he just mm. wished the game sort of shut up and let him explore a bit more. Mm. But he did say he had, like, some of the best experiences in AAA gaming, completely sandwiched with some pretty not great pacing and just a bit of averageness. But he did mm. say that, the, like, because mm. he didn't want to spoil it for me, he did say the brilliance of it makes up for the sort of averageness of it. So well, the I said not spoil it. I found I found the combat it's like really fantastic melee combat. Loads of like beautiful places to visit and explore. Really good things about it. The pacing is crap. And what he described as the best three hours, I would describe as massively underwhelming. So difference of opinion mm -hmm. there, but I, I didn't think it delivered as like and this is Again, very much talking around spoilers, but was massively underwhelmed by the direction that it eventually took when it built towards its grand climax. Everyone cites the grand climax as something that really kind of elevates the experience, but um, I'll, I'll try, I guess. I'm quite intrigued. Um, yeah, but, I, I do I think, mean, I, but it looks I, great I and it feels it. great. Mm -hmm. You loved it. Yeah. I loved it. I mean, I loved the the 2018 as well. I loved the, the, the first, the front primary first three console games as well. I'm just a big fan of the series. But I do, uh, there's, a, without spoiling things, like um, there are pacing issues in that game. I still think it's an incredible game. Um, mm -hmm. But there's the, um, the, I don't really think it's that much of a spoiler, but the Ironwood section mm -hmm. is way too long. Like it really kills a lot of the early game momentum. I think that's where I'm so, at. Yeah. Yeah, so I won't, won't go into what what you do in that bit or or anything like that. That's right. That bit is, um, yeah, pacing wise, it, it, it just goes on for too long. And I think some people never, maybe never recovered from that bit. Like in terms of, it kind of it sticks in your mind a lot. So yeah, yeah. I'm not even seeing much natural from the PlayStation side hype or acclaim for God of War Ragnarok at like 2018. I get it. That that was a moment that feel like it's a bit of a muted experience. So PlayStation, uh, you know, I'm, I sometimes I think is, is the formula getting stale a bit. Critically, it's doing well. It's selling a lot, so, but I don't know. But this year, this showcase, we're gonna get Last of Us factions. That could be the surprise drop that you were alluding to. Kind of uh, yeah. that could shock people. Um, that could potentially happen. Um, I don't I'm think fully... that the formula. I don't think that the Sony's formula is getting old. What I think that they need is they just need a more diverse portfolio of other games. That's that's true. That's what they that's need true. because the formula that they have clearly works and they make great well, games. But then hmm. they just don't have those other games that can. So if you don't want an over-the-shoulder third-party action adventure game where there's some daddy issues involved, they don't really <laughs> have that game to sort of like fill that little gap i think return have... did a great job of, of return was like incredible game that was unlike anything game. that they had yeah. done before and they need more of those 
And that's what oh, Hi-Fi Rush is smart. for me this year. Yeah. Hi-Fi Rush is alongside Dredge, which has an hour-long demo on Xbox right now. So anyone watching this who wants to play the best indie game of the year, go and play Dredge for an hour. But Hi-Fi Rush for me like came out and was unlike anything Xbox have done really since Sunset Overdrive. And it absolutely blew me away. And I think that Sony just need to take a few more risks. In, I like, mean, they have VR. The... That's a big risk. It um, is a big risk. It is a huge. They've got risk platformers as well. Yeah, got the... the stuff like uh, Twisted Metal, which has been heavily rumored. Right, you know, it's yeah. a different type of game that they're that, trying to if, make. If Twisted Metal came out. If they were yeah. like, here's a new Twisted Metal. It comes out in six months' time. Might come that's out. That game. That's the game yeah. to fill in that that niche and that mm. void that they're missing. It's completely against their conventional style of games that they make that would blow everyone out of the water. And if Just they metal do, games a Metal Gear Solid. If they do a Metal Gear Solid remake, I'm buying a PS5 that same day. Like that's just they, happening, unfortunately. They, yeah, I, I think Twisted Metal will be live service as well. Um, I think that's be the rumor mill is. I think has some substance or some Durand about this. Um, mm. So Twisted Metal, he he informed me that could be making a comeback. Then you've got multiplayer, which they've been typically not as strong as Microsoft with all the Microsoft. Multiplayer offering is obviously, uh, we'll talk about the Xbox showcase potentially, but you've got multiplayer, you've got Twisted Metal with live service potentially, and it's a car vehicle, a car combat game. You've got um, Dead Stranding 2, I think it's quite a pretty strong chance of that being shown off. Let's be real. We, um, yeah, I think my, my and uh, I was talking to Rand about this. Rand is like, well, hold on, because I said to him, like, expect a lot of logo reveals as well and he's like well hey hold on if xbox did that you'd shit on them yes unless microsoft uh, xbox showcased all the gameplay as well if they did that then you can throw all the we'll talk about the xbox bit in a bit yeah. i think there's a balance but, isn't there like yeah it has exactly. to be a balance of it like uh, you know if 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 nintendo show off um a logo for metro prime 4 yeah. Right, as a Metro Prime fan, that's like hugely exciting, but it's sandwiched in between a lot of gameplay, a lot of more substantive exactly. reveals, and it, it you you're like that's great. At the last showcase PlayStation did, for example, they started off with what was essentially a logo reveal, which was the Knights of the Old Republic remake, which I was mm -hmm. super excited. Like that's a super exciting announcement, but they had a lot of substance in there as well. So it just depends on the balance of it. Like that you can go one way or another in in terms of directionality, but if you Xbox. do, it tends to be a crappy showcase. Xbox yeah. did the same thing. They they released the logo for Contraband, and then we've heard literally nothing about that game since. Really, yeah. no it's Fable, Perfect Dark. You know, they they did those. Yeah. I mean, the Perfect Dark wasn't a, a thing. Yeah, yeah. So it's just it's the, it. It would be a good time to see those games again. Really, yeah. So, uh, so Xbox's struggle. So look with PlayStation. If you were thinking of a strong showcase, you're thinking of Last of Us Factions. You're thinking of Twisted Metal Black. You're thinking of um, Wolverine. If Wolverine gets a gameplay footage, it can't be with CGI. Actually, Wolverine could potentially get with uh, get away with CGI. Do you know how? If they reinforce the maturity of it, if they show a bunch of yeah. violence and limbs cut off, even in CGI form. A lot of people, it will answer a lot of people's how violent will this be? Because it needs to be violent. So in that sense, I can see Wolverine getting away with it, but it really should show gameplay. Spider-Man, that's a big one that's coming out in two months. So it's obviously going to see that. These are already strong. Bloodborne Remake will just set so many people 
yeah. off that's going to be incredible. So you've already got a strong show. Um, and that's without and, your third parties and your indies and your PSVR. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So the third parties, if money hunting things are true, and I, that's where I, you can expect to see some logo splash screens. Metal Gear Solid, and you bring that right at the end. Boom, Metal Gear Solid, fire, uh, A6, whatever you call it. It's just like, oh, shit, it's coming back. Launch or they exclusive. just walk, they just walk yeah. David Hater out onto the screen, and he just is like... I'm back, and then that's it, and then, and the then they shoot him. Pam, Konami, yeah. <laughs> snake, snake. <laughs> um, <yeah. laughs> I've got a, I've got a very quick story about Metal Gear Solid. So it was the first game that I ever played on PS One, and my mum, I, I was from a single parent house, and my mum played it because I couldn't, because it wasn't in my age group, and she got so addicted to that game that yeah. I. <laughs> I, this is so stupid. I remember walking <laughs> down the high street in town and I turned around and my mum had her back up against the wall and she was knocking it <laughs> to see if it was hollow so she could see if some more could be planted there. And I looked at her and I was like, mum, what are you doing? And she was like, oh, I don't know. And she had no idea what she was doing. And she was knocking on a wall to see if it, it had C4 being planted. She didn't have C4 on her, did she? <laughs> no, no, no. She, she had it uh, but she literally was so addicted to that game and then when metal gear solid 2 came out i was old enough to play it so we had this like great experience of both playing it and then oh, having that wicked. awkward moment where like raiden is running around with his ass out in a corridor <laughs> like, oh this is happening right now and um yeah like i've got so many like core memories of metal gear solid growing up that if they have anything metal gear solid related at this showcase i'm in day one like new console is ordered i'm there i'm i'm getting in a box and hiding outside the local game the, like that's happening why is it that your first playstation one game was like one of the greatest games ever made and mine was <laughs> fucking hercules like the disney <laughs> <laughs> And I thought it was just like the absolute bee's knees when I played it. And looking I back, know. I was like, that was, that was shot. It was shit. It was I, remember, I remember playing FIFA 97 Road to the World Cup on an N64 and thinking, graphics will never be better than this. <laughs> Paul Scholes, Paul Scholes is ginger in real life and he's got ginger hair in the game. That's done. <laughs> like, we can't get better than this. I was thinking yeah. the same thing with G Grand Turismo 1. It's so silly yeah. how... I yeah. remember saying to my brother, I'm like, Halo 2 multiplayer. I was just like doing split screen and looking at the character models. I'm like, it, it can't get better than this. I'm like, what the yeah. So dumb. Um, but <laughs> your mom's story on Metal Gear is just hilarious. <laughs> Dead really Planet, thank me the two <laughs> That was brilliant. Though. Where I get it from. <laughs> we all do. Uh, not, not from your mom. That sounds weird. Um, no, yeah. Off on our moms. Sorry. Move on. Move on. Dead Planet for the $2 super chat of your brother. Uh, hoping for a first party PlayStation game, not in third person. <laughs> um, you might, well, we, you might. You're, you're going to get, uh, well, car games in third person. You can go first person, maybe. You will see VR a lot. You'll see Fire Sprite um, and all of that, that shit that Acer likes. Um, that no one cares about. Uh, Rambling entertained with a ten dollars super chat. Thank you, man. He goes okay. One. Why did everyone ignore Dead Island Two? I know that game is not getting enough love from what I see. I did a video on that, and it's only got a cave one thousand views. And I said you have to play that game. I not even. The, I mean, play the first game. And number two, Xbox better not mess up this time, otherwise there will be 
there will be no next one. I think he's suggesting. Uh, we'll get into the doom and gloom. Um, Phase 23, Brooklyn, New York. Panel member who don't own a PS5, wait for the PlayStation 5 Pro. That, from Ace's best friend, Tom Henderson, might actually potentially get announced uh, at the showcase because he was talking. He wasn't sure, he said, but he's, he hasn't seen this, but it's in the work. So you might also get this. Unlikely, maybe. Who knows? Um, but I do, do, get I do want to quickly defend Acer because obviously you're slagging off VR quite a lot. Um, one of the best games I've played this year is on VR. Uh, it's called, I had to Google it because I completely forgot. It's called Before Your Eyes. It's like oh, an it's hour. Oh, it's game. so good you forgot yeah. the name of the game. Okay, it's no, genuinely, like <laughs> as a parent playing that game, absolutely wept my eyes out. It was yeah. harrowing. It's only oh, an yeah. hour long, but I played that. And I'm I'm not kidding when I absolutely bawled my eyes out. It got me right in the little like parent center of my heart. It like pierced okay. me. So anyone mm. who's got VR or if they've got an Android and they've got a Netflix account, you can play it through Netflix. It tracks your eyes to progress the story. And when you blink or when you like look at different places, it moves the story forward. Beautiful game that perfectly uses VR. Absolutely mm. incredible. So I yeah. will say... Mm. There's a very good VR game I have played this year, but I played yeah. it on my phone through my Netflix account. <laughs> also, just a solidarity with Acer, I do have a PSVR too, so uh, I am quite excited for for the for the PSVR stuff. Um, but before your eyes, I actually played on PSVR too, and yeah, it's a it's a really it's a really great experience actually. And then I was like, oh, I'll, mm. I'll give the I was like, I'll give this to my wife because I know what will happen. And um, she played it, and then she was literally like. Oh, oh really? <laughs> 15 minutes to the end so yeah i, I think it's oh. quite emotional but nice experience okay. and now your psvr 2 doesn't okay, work too many tears <laughs> yeah too many tears it's <laughs> the fucking oled screen on it now so <laughs> <laughs> oh shit okay i didn't know about that but shout out to that thank, thanks for letting us know about that um rambling entertained said thank you for the super chat he goes that that wasn't a typo uh read it again and you said Xbox better not mess up this time, otherwise, otherwise there will be the next one. Uh, I think he's trying to <laughs> be funny saying that there will be another one. Um, this is on the back of a lot of doom and gloom uh, coming out on Xbox being the pressure. And IGN's Destin Legary said, Starfield's Starfield feels like Xbox's last chance at redemption. And then he's got a subheading where it says, with the Redfall being a huge disappointment after months of no shows, Xbox has one last shot at keeping its fans on board. That sounds pretty clear cut there. Is he, am I, or am I not he's talking wrong shit. I'm just, he's talking <laughs> shit. But then Justin comes out and says, y'all acting like I said Xbox will be forced to close up shop if Starfield is bad. He Listen, if you're going to do clickbait, own your clickbait, okay? Don't try and wriggle out of it. We know what you do, Destin Laguerre. It obviously reads like clickbait. Like, but, but in my article in the third paragraph, fourth sentence, I said, uh, actually, this is just going to be a little blip and I'm sure it'll be fine. Maybe somehow, I don't know. Listen. He knew exactly what he was doing. Exactly. This happened in the Xbox this happened in the Xbox One era, rightfully so, because that was a terrible time for Xbox. Is yeah. it was in vogue to write terrible articles about yeah. Xbox. Oh my this god, that was Destin, so bad. So bad. Destin, that, was a, that was an epidemic at that yeah. gen. 
But this Destin um, article, like I wrote, I, I read it earlier, and it read like something that you would read in Metro. Like it didn't. Oh. I'm like genuinely, I really like Destin's work. I think that he's done some great stuff. I think he's a good journalist. He puts out great content. But mm -hmm. I just feel like this has completely missed the mark because I'm an Xbox gamer. I have been for 16 years now. I want motorsport more than anything. That's the game that I am like, this is going to be the direct, like that's the game that I'm holding out for that's going to completely mm -hmm. showcase the way that the Series X can perform. Starfield's mm -hmm. going to be good. It might not be the best game ever made, but yeah. it's going to be good. And it's going to be a serviceable RPG. It's made by, people are saying, what about Fallout 76? Not made by the same team. Like this is going to be pure Bethesda doing what they do in an environment that no one's played in a Bethesda game in before. And mm. it just ticks all the boxes and it might not perform the best and it might not have the best story and the gunplay might not be great, but it's going to be a great RPG because that's what they do. It's their absolute pedigree is making brilliant RPGs. So he knew what he was doing. He It's in vogue at the moment to sort of, like, I've done it. I've, I've got a I few on likes it. on tweets because I've, yeah shout on xbox a bit but rightfully so because i'm a, a paying consumer of their company that got given redfall like it, <laughs> you know you can come from a point where you can say yes xbox isn't quite living up to where it needs to be but to turn around and say oh starfield is the last chance but i didn't really mean it just hypothetically in I a certain scenario to... yeah i mean just, if you back your click which is it's out there then own it don't try own and it. damage Absolutely control it after the it. fact and yeah, this heading is there. The subheading is reinforcing it. And we know people don't read articles anyway. So maybe it's like, but it's obvious clickbait. And we talked about this. I've been quite emotive about this. I've said Xbox need, Xbox need, and I will double down, triple down. And I know people hate me for this, but they need to deliver a stellar show. Xbox is going to get murked potentially by PlayStation next week. I don't, I'm not saying Xbox is not going to have a bad show like, or this could be terrible, but Xbox's show can't just be okay. It needs to be stellar. It needs to be stellar. Uh, and if X PlayStation's, I'm expecting to be a great showcase, will we'll raise the bar that Xbox needs to reach as well. Starfield, Asa, you mentioned this last week. Like, you know, a lot of it's hyperbole, like make or break. It's not going to break anything. Starfield will be decent and not hitting the map. You'll still, people will forget so, uh, it. Said... I remember last time Starfield was supposed to come out on the 11th of November last year, and it didn't come out at all, and Xbox was doomed and never came back. <laughs> well, it gets more doomed now. <laughs> Potentially, oh. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> uh, it's, it's an interesting time, because I think Sony are so confident that they've gone so much earlier. That, that two weeks... Randall's asking me, Gaz, like, realistically, these things are etched in stone in months in advance. You can't expect Microsoft to make any changes. I think they can. I think if PlayStation Show is so powerful and so as strong as I think it will be, and a lot of people think it will be, Microsoft could say, you know what? All right, okay. We've got this showcase that has all this gameplay which we've done, which... Sorry, let me go back. What does Xbox need to do to have a great showcase? It needs to show gameplay for all the games. Avowed, Fable. If you show Fable, that would be great. That would be huge. 
Perfect dark, I'm not expecting. I think that's had dev troubles, but if you show that and we remove that fear and it looks good, great. State of decay. Like, these are games you showed off ages ago. You show that off. We're not even asking for much here. Hellblade 2, combat, possible release date. Boom, that'd be great. And they have some surprises. But Fever Pinata 3. Yeah. Like, no joke. Fever Pinata 3, I would love. Viva Pinata is my favorite Xbox title of all time. So please, Phil, mm. I'm begging you now, cut this, send it to him. I want to <laughs> Viva Pinata. I'm definitely not yeah. sending that to him. Uh, <laughs> you like Viva Pinata, but, <laughs> but like if they show the gameplay for those, and at the end they're like, all right, let's just, the 12 month thing shut the bed. That's gone. If Xbox somehow is deluded enough, to stick to, to 12 months and they say we're gonna do it this time now in earnest i must phil spencer snorts crack of aaron greenberg's neck there's no way that 12 month plan is coming back it's dead finished allegedly phil spencer only allegedly snorts crack <laughs> of aaron greenberg we have no evidence to to reinforce our point yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nothing that guess is can or should be taken seriously at any point ever <laughs> <laughs> this is true this is true uh, but if they show all those games and at the end they show off even logo reveals for things further away i think it's fine like you said luke it's a balance and yeah. xbox have a harder time to balance because they've got harder duty a greater duty to show off gameplay than playstation Oh, if they do, and they're not being, are you going to hate this word, Asa? Hampered potentially by VR, which is going to be eating away at their hours time. Yeah, I know you hate it, um, but they can focus on on all of that. And then they've got a Starfield showcase after, just dedicated to that. Listen, Xbox guys, you know me, I'm, I'm re uh, relentless, but I'll tell you, Xbox will bring it back potentially if they do this. Starfield is good. Forza is great. Starfield being good is like PlayStation can't do fucking Starfield. Just be real. There's no way PlayStation can do Starfield. They can't haven't got a studio that can do a Western RPG like that in space, that scope. Okay, so that reviews well, boom, done. If it hits the 60 frame mark, which I don't think it will, but if it does any performance mode, that's an additional boon. Forza is gonna shit on Gran Turismo. Let's be real. Well, it should. If it fucks it off, then oh, I'm gonna take so many L's, but that should be a big one because it's gonna look great. It's it looks great. It's a next gen game. It's doing ray tracing in racing with million million contact tires. Shit, fuck it. And so that's Forza. You got Starfield, and if you do Hellblade somehow late twenty twenty three release or early twenty twenty four, and it's good. Boom, and the showcase is good. That's it. We're back. We're back to twenty twenty levels. Bring the hype. That is where it can happen. I'm not saying it will, but it's there. The end goal is there. Avowed shows off looks good. Fable looks good. Hellblade Combat looks good. It comes out. Ugh. The roadmap is there. This is why it's so close. This is why it's so much source. This is why it's so exciting. And all I can think about is these showcases. I want PlayStation Showcase to be good because I want them to kick the shit out of Xbox if they don't get their act together or give them an impetus to deliver. And then... They might in two months or two weeks, but I'll shut up, Gaz. This... <sighs> I do think that Xbox are going to have a good show. 
I genuinely think that they will have a brilliant show. They'll show off loads of good games. There'll be loads of indie games that are there. There'll be loads of Game Pass announcements. They'll show off some third parties. My thing is I think that Silk Song will be there. Um, I just think that, that it's been delayed so much. I watched the last indie um, the indie showcase they put on a few Replace. weeks ago. Uh, and I do think that Silk Song will be at the Xbox showcase potentially. Um, my big thing is that I think that Xbox will do a brilliant job. I just think that PlayStation are just... They're, they're teeing up for the home run, and I don't know what Xbox realistically can do. The only way that Xbox can like bring it back is with their games being good. Like this is the the, the showcase. It's not really a write off, but I think they have to just treat it as like servicing people that are still sticking to the brand, and then they can just show off the great games over the last six months. Forza has to release second half of the year. Uh, Starfield, Starfield is going to be a good game. I think if they come out and they can release Forza Motorsport, Starfield, and then Hellblade 2, that is a killer lineup. That is a mad lineup. That, yeah, and then add to that some like good third-party games that they can bring to Game Pass. Then mm-hmm. put in some like solid indie games. That's a great lineup for the for the rest of the year that could then be the impetus for next year, like keep that momentum going. But how many yeah. times, Gaz, have me and you been in DMs like well, they've shit the bed again. Yeah, yeah shit like, the bed again. We, That's all I've been doing. Just go. been chronic diarrhea for two years. I'm wanting yeah. some greatness here. And I'm expecting, I'm just being harsh because I've been burnt so many times. It's hard for me to be hyped. I am hyped, but I'm cautiously not so optimistic because PlayStation showcases it. I just want to be just, I don't know. I think it will be good. I, I, have no I think it will be decent. I want to be amazing. Show. It has but to be amazing. X- Xbox don't have to just put on the best show that they've ever put on. They have to put on one of the best shows. Like one of mm. the when when IGN come up with their like top five E3 showcases ever. Like mm. they have to be in that top five in order for this year to sort of like bring the momentum back. They have to steal that momentum back. And the only way they can really do that is by hitting the mark completely with the showcase and it being something people talk about for years to come the the one showcase that like sticks in my mind is when sony revealed the price of the ps3 and the audience yeah. gasped like those are the ones that stick in your mind they have to just come out and offer the best showcase they've ever done ever and they need to wheel out every game they can they need to just really smash the ball out of the park so far they need to clear the fence at the back of the, the park and i just don't know how they can do that when I know what Sony are going to put out, and I just that that is okay. I agree with you. I, I would have, I would have said that internally if I was at Microsoft, but I, how feasible that is, I don't know. My I feel my expectations are more conservative. Show the gameplay; they look good. Show those three games. I think that's a lot. That's a lot. That's, yeah, and they've had a high fire rush as well. So that's four potential games if you can't if Hellblade comes out this year. Whereas PlayStation doesn't have any games for this fiscal year other than Spider-Man 2, uh, as first party concerns, is supplemented heavily by third-party games, which you will see a lot of doubling down. It's very exciting times. I am with you, Harry, on your mindset. Uh, and, I, and I'm there with you, just in spirit. And just realistically. I want them to do well. Yeah, but I want like, them to do how well. Many, how many times have we been here before where it's like here we go again. Xbox have yeah. to have to do this. We Make never, a break ever time. Hear, Make a break we never time. hear that. 
We never hear yeah. from Sony and Nintendo yeah. ever. When was the last time someone said this Sony showcase has to be good or the or that's it and it's done and it's over? If God yeah. of War isn't good, then the entire company's gonna fold. That doesn't yeah. happen. Well, look, we're gonna find out. Look, Xbox know what they need to do. We know what they need to do. Well, uh, the apologists may not, they'll just accept any kind of mediocrity. But it's exciting times. This time next week, we're gonna be finding out what happens and asa we are live streaming the event no it's on a wednesday yeah for sure wednesday nine o'clock in the uk so about the same time as this showcase starts except gaz can't afford to be late or will miss the playstation showcase <laughs> i'll be there i'm working from home <laughs> on wednesday i'll be there i'll be there and it's gonna be we'll do live stream it we'll do it high quality we'll shut up whilst the trailers play and then we'll go back and do a post pre and post Review. Uh, in fact, actually, it might be worth our while to stop. Maybe half an hour, an hour earlier. Asa. Is that okay? not. No, no near, near the start of the show. <laughs> near the start of the show. All right, fine. Ten minutes before the show, we we'll get hyped and blah, 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 and then we'll we'll do this shit. Ah, oh, it's been such a good. Thank you for five hundred plus people still here. Hit the like button if you enjoyed the source. We got into some CMA business, and I think that has some good utility, great utility that I think people need to just perhaps save because Luke Steele blessed us with his knowledge. Thank you so much, everyone who has been joining us. But before we go, you have to check the Jets out. Get, let them do their outros. Luke, I hope you had a good time, man. Oh, I did. I Thank you. Yeah, I've had a great time. Thank, yeah, Thank, you, great time. Thank, Thank you. you very much. No, you're very welcome. My pleasure. Um, yeah, no, it's been, been great. I guess this is a bit where I say where where i'm at um so yeah yeah just go and follow me on twitter uh at luke steel 90 um and uh the only other thing that i do like apart from sporadic uh podcast appearances uh is uh i'm on the indie gamer channel with the indie gamer and scott where we talk about and review and do podcasts on indie games like once a month so um mm -hmm. if you're into that um which you should be because independent games great uh then then go and check it out uh, and otherwise, I'll just I'll pop up and probably have another Twitter feud sometime soon. Probably not at this point. Actually, I think I'm going to retire. Um, so, um, <laughs> but yeah, retire but thanks, on the win. Retire. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, no. Thank you for having me. I've had a, a a lot of fun. So thank you. Thank you for coming on, man. And honestly, that it was so insightful. And really, I hope people. Uh, gleaned some good information from that. Chat says so. So thank you. Last but certainly not least, Harry, man, you're yeah, yeah, you're just my brother from another mother. Today. You are. <laughs> I, I you're felt like I, I was on best behavior today. I don't think I embarrassed myself too much. I don't think. That was best behavior. Shit. <laughs> I had a few moments. Um, no, it's been it's been wicked coming on. Obviously, prior to Gamers Watch sort of not existing anymore. Uh, we we had both of you on the that. show and we had great fun each time. Um, unfortunately, Such yeah, just show. like real life, real life got in the way. And like, I've got two kids now. Sean's getting married and he's got a baby on the way. And Duncan's got a lot of stuff that he does as well that just meant that we couldn't do this anymore. Uh, so mm. it's amazing to be like back doing gaming content. I really enjoy it. I, I occasionally write for the guys over at Complete Xbox. Shout um, out to them. And Geordie. Wicked bunch of guys really enjoy the guys at Complete Xbox. They've got a great little Discord. They do reviews on all types of games. Uh, really fun guys. They do like Monday nights. They do racing games together. They get together on Thursdays and do like a Discord, um, like games night. 
And it's always a, a Game Pass game, so as many people can play it as possible. Always great fun. And yeah, I'm talking about UFOs and stuff now. That's my jam. So I've got a... It's called Paranormality. Oh, Isla's just literally linked it. Um, it's Pod, Pod Normality is our Twitter handle. And my Twitter handle is Harry Go Locky. And yeah, I, t- I talk about aliens and UFOs and Area 51 and stuff. It's all very fun. And I occasionally piss people off on Twitter with my terrible hot takes on gaming, like <laughs> how Tears of the Kingdom is just a Ubisoft version of Nuts and Bolts. So oh, I'll just wow. leave everyone on I'm that. so glad. I'm so glad <laughs> that came out right at the end. <laughs> yeah, with weapon degradation. Yeah, so I um, uh... no, really genuinely enjoyed it. And thank you to everyone in the chat for being so nice to me. I'm not the most easy to get on with person, and I don't think I upset too many people today. So thank you. And if you're blocked and you're in chat, fuck it, whatever. Don't care. (laughs) You were doing so well until that last bit, but we're going to leave that as your legacy of this episode. (laughs) Oh, man. What a show, Asa, huh? Are you tired? I'm sorry. I said I was going to keep it to two hours because I know you have to wake up at five, but I'm sorry. Earlier than five, yeah. It's fun because I obviously hate talking about the activision blizzard king stuff over and over again and some people have said that i'm like um i come across like a know-it-all or whatever else which is like i'm the first one to tell you i well there's been yeah there's there's people and there's people in chat as well and i'm the first one to say i'm not an expert in any of this shit but luke luke is right so today (laughs) we talk about abk and we just cut out the noise everybody knows like i'm Luke's obviously not giving definitive answers on what's going to happen because he's not a psychic. He's a mergers and acquisitions lawyer. <laughs> and he's talking sense in such a brilliant way that I feel that was actually a really valuable topic for once. And hopefully we can avoid talking about it for a very long time. Yeah, <laughs> um, right. <laughs> hopefully, though. Like, yeah, exactly. Honestly, yeah. Luke, like, the way that you spoke about everything... It, it was amazing. the console war stuff out of it. Oh, thanks. And it was just like very matter-of-fact. This is what's true. This is what's not true glean that however you want and yeah it like completely like doesn't take like doesn't often happen that i'm not talking so to keep me shut like to shut me up for an hour is amazing yeah. so it's You're not wrong this is my outro <laughs> <laughs> i'm joking harry i'm joking i, I welcome the interruption <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, Luke, yeah, Luke was wicked. The only weakness I would say in everything you delivered, just being honest, is the fact that you said the deal 100% isn't going through. <laughs> yeah, you quote me on that. It's definitely 1 million percent not happening. Um, <laughs> oh, fuck, yeah, yeah. yeah. Bit, double down on it. Thanks for that, Luke. Cheers. Yeah. No, no, it, it may happen. I'm not a psychic. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. But yeah, thank you. That was good, like good chat, gleaning good information. And Harry, I'm joking. Obviously, you're very welcome to interrupt. It was great to have you on as well. It's been a long time coming. Gamers Watch was one of my favorite podcasts. I would, I would actually Same. say, genuinely, if you are really bored and none of the current, like, still running podcasts are scratching the itch for you, just go and check out the old episodes because they were genuinely funny and really, really well funny. produced. So it is a shame that that, that has all stopped for the time well being, produced. but hopefully you get back to it. I want to shout out my, my co-host, Sean, who did all Sean's that. He, legend. he worked himself into an absolute burnout with it. He's one of the best guys. At, like, I'm his best man at his wedding in a few months' time, and he's one of the nicest guys ever. The production value that Sean put onto Gamers Watch is, like, professional Crazy. level. 
it's next level stuff. So even if you just want to watch it to see how good his stuff is, Sean's a wizard. I'm just a loud idiot that said bollocks all the time. You're a wizard, <laughs> Harry. Um, no, but he, he, sorry. There's a good uh, episode where we talked about a loud idiot. Guys, do your outro. <laughs> <laughs> sorry um yeah so on that note please do check out gamers watch there's this wicked episode where we talked about how freaking stupid fast and furious movies are and since that conversation it's gotten worse so yeah they went to space (laughs) they started stealing dvds <laughs> Don't get me started again. <laughs> Fucking started. Uh, that, that freaking series, man. I loved it. Then I went to space and now there's a uh, super soldier. Shut. Anyway, thank you so much. It's been a long show. Thank you. Hit the like button if you enjoyed it. We've got a video. I've got a video coming on the channel. I know it's been a while. I was just finding my feet, but it's about the CMA deal. How do I feel about it after this conversation? It's still going through. Somehow they'll fashion some magic. Remember these words? which you will use to deliver else to me. Or potentially I will lord over your heads because I've never been wronging that right, Harry, just like him. Thank you so much, everyone. Take care and we'll do our Bhangra outro.